Hello everybody, welcome to episode 6 of the Intermission Podcast, a show where two film students discuss classic, iconic and obscure films from times gone by. We're your hosts, Oscar to be Fidget. Robbie Tweedale. I was so smooth there. That was good, uh, that. I, That's the I, best one we've had. It definitely is. Speaking of best ones that we've done, I want to just reflect a little bit. I fully think that The Godfather Part 3 from last week was our best episode. <laughs> I loved it so much. Yeah, it was you, fucking daft one. You don't realize you don't realize how long I took just listening back to that. That was some of the funnest editing that I've ever had. I just kept <laughs> rewinding back to a point. It was beautiful. I loved it. Oh, it was I had fun, I had like solid five clips from that in terms of what I was going to use for the preview clip, and I was like, "Well, I don't know which one to do," so I went with Lucky Coat. Lucky Coat. Moving on from that film, because let's just never... Let's never talk about it again. Except for only talking about the fact that we had a belt of a podcast last week about it. Mm-hmm. Right then. Also, I want to say this, Robbie. Mm-hmm. I can't wait until we can actually meet in person again. Oh, man. Be- because what I've realised... It's, it's Is that you missed d- the touch of my tender skin? Well, I miss the odd Robbie Tweedell hugs. That's that's <laughs> that's that's that's, uh, that's been a, I've been missing that. But also, what? Uh, but also, what I've realised within our our relation, our friendship has went from we went on Skype, we bullshit for ages, and then we're like, oh, we should best best get recorded. So now we're like purely professional, where we're like, oh, oh we're, we're, we're good at it now. Oh yeah, we're on Skype. We go, you all right? Yep. Okay then. Let me let's go. <laughs> let's do it. Right then. Another few things. One more thing I want to say before we get right into this episode is I keep meaning to mention this, but I don't do it. So you know, better late than ever. Six episodes in. Yes. There's time. There's time codes in the description for anyone who wants to skip about, whether it's on podcast or YouTube. If you want to skip about, because I'm aware this. It, 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 they're quite daunting episodes if you look at the simple <laughs> they're pretty long. yeah so if you only want to listen to certain points they're only there's time codes in the description because if you see we're talking about the godfather part three for two hours 40 you might be like jesus christ are they talking about for all that time we talk about the film for maybe an hour and a half yeah ish and then the rest is like letterboxed and trivia stuff and just other stuff like that so just so you know if you only want to listen to the discussion time codes in the description there yeah. you go uh with that being said robbie yeah man uh let's get into it because yeah rock and roll uh, uh, i just wanted to say before we start um I've go got for a, it i've got a coffee and some chalky biscuits so if you just if if you're listening and you hear some me, me chomping about a bit it'll be gone in a bit <laughs> i'm just saying I want it, yeah, we're recording this, it's not massively earlier to when we do it, it's five to one at the minute, but... Yeah, but it's early it's, for me, you know. It's, it's an, it, and it's early for me as well, to be fair. And <laughs> this, recently, within the past few days, I've been playing Ghost of Tsushima, so I've had to pull myself oh, away from that too. I'm so jealous, man, I really want it. I love it so much, I love <laughs> it so, so much. We're not talking about Ghost of Tsushima, we're talking about the 1973 crime biopic, Serpico, which is directed by Sidney Lumet, writ- written by Norman Wexler and Wardle Salt, based on the book by Peter Maas, and it stars Al Pacino as Frank Serpico. Uh, the plot synopsis of 
Serpico on IMDb is an honest New York cop blows the whistle on rampant corruption in the force only to have his comrades turn against him. Accolades that the film holds is that it has a 90% on the tomato meter and an 88% audience score on Ron Tomatoes. It holds a 7.7 out of 10 on IMDb and a 3.8 stars out of 5 stars on Letterboxd. Other accolades that the film holds is that it won a Writers Guild of America Award for Best Drama Adapted from Another Medium. It was nominated for a Grammy for Album of Best Original Score Written for a Motion Picture. It was nominated for a Directors Guild of America Award for Outstanding Directorial Achievement in Motion Pictures. It was nominated for three BAFTA Awards, including an Anthony Asquith Award for Film Music, Best Director for Sidney Lumet and Best Actor for Al Pacino. It was nominated for two Golden Globes, including Best Drama Picture, and it won one Golden Globe for Best Drama Actor for Al Pacino. And it was nominated for two Academy Awards, including Best Adapted Screenplay for Norman Wexler and Waldo Salt, and also nominated for Best Lead Actor for Al Pacino. This is my third time seeing... This film. This is your first time, Robbie. My first time. Literally earlier today, am I right? Yeah, earlier today, earlier this yeah. morning. Yep, and um, we're going. Reason why we're going to this is because we went through seventies Coppola, and then yep. ninety one nineties Coppola. Don't talk about it. So we thought we'd go back to the seventies, specifically seventies Pacino, something we're familiar with. Different director, City Lumet. That's how I. First, that's how I got interested in this film, because um, Sidney Lumet directed my favourite film of all time, and this was another film of his that I was interested in, so I was like, right, I may as well get on that film. Uh, Robbie, curiosity, Yes. What did, you, what did you think of the film? Right, I think you're going to be really chuffed with this. It was, it's probably my favourite one that we've talked about on the podcast as of so far. It's so fucking good, isn't it? It's so good. It, like, I think it's tied with Godfather Part 2 for my favourite one that we've watched so far. Before we get further, I just want to also throw a quick warning. Just remembered, this is spoilers. We're talking spoilers about the film. If you haven't seen Serpico, get out of here. Go uh, leave. Watch it. It's good. You want my non-spoiler thoughts? It's great. Go watch it. There you go. It's absolutely fantastic. Yeah, no, I remember watching this when I was... I think I watched it again. I might have been... 18 when I first watched this film mm-hmm. and then I remember re-watching it I think a few weeks after I watched it for the first time because I wanted to show Gary it and I remember <laughs> really liking it I don't think Gary quite grasped it he might like it again uh, but um, I I remember liking it a lot and I hadn't revisited it in a while I thought well I'm kind of have to throw this in there for the intermission because I really want to re-watch this again at some point yeah. and it's so fucking good man yeah it's, it's great so good uh let's jump into what you some of your notes robbie then okay so i haven't got a lot of notes on this yeah, one ne- neither have i i've got I'm, I'm not by not a lot i've got roughly two sides of a4 but they're not really massively 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 stuff but yeah yeah i put um the first note that i made was why do all these people care about Ser- uh, serpica right the, in the opening scene everyone's like oh my god serpica's been shot and all this and you, can, you I know, I knew in myself it was a flash forward. I was like, this is definitely a flash forward. And it, I, it's the earliest I can think of a movie that I've seen where it's like, how did this all happen? And then yeah, it goes yeah. back. 
But um, it set him up pretty well. Because you're yeah. interested straight away from the opening scene, you are like, I am intrigued in this plot. Like how a much, lot. How much did you know about this? I knew nothing. Did I knew, you? I knew absolutely nothing. I had no idea who Frank Zepco was. Mm. I, know I had no idea about his story, about the book. Any, I had no idea. Yeah, this was, this was my exposure to... Frank Serpico. Yeah. But yeah, I've got my first note is literally opening sucks you right into the film. Yeah, it I does. Agree. Like straight away. And I put the sound design there was was really good. Yeah. I loved it because it's really chaotic when he's in the car with the siren yes. and the window wipers, which are very prominent as well. Yeah. Very good stuff. That was really good. Um I put uh I love how he's handling this dude. And I have no idea what I'm talking about. Oh yeah, I do. Um, the guy that they arrest at the beginning for rape, and then he takes him to the coffee shop, and he's all like, "Yes, I don't think you really want to be involved with this. I think you're just a good kid who got in the wrong crowd or whatever." Oh, yes, I'm really good. Like you, you, you understood his character straight away. Oh Cause, yeah, because before that, he hasn't really done a lot. He's no, that conversation in the car. Yeah, uh, we, we that that's um, I mean, the whole film is kind of. Frank's save the cat moment, but that's kind of his yeah. save. That's the save the cat moment. The thing of like, you know, instantly that like. Ro- now I guess maybe the save the cat moment is he doesn't beat the shit out of him. Yeah. Like, before, I, but I mean, again, the whole the, but the whole film is kind of like his big save the cat moment. But like that moment is definitely like that yeah. moment in the script where it's like a, a, a definitive line between him and the other uh, the other police, police officers. officers. Yeah, yeah definitely. I put um because I noted at the beginning I I saw that it was edited by D D Allen, who is who was the editor of Bonnie and Clyde as well. All oh, right, okay. Um, and again, similar to how it was in Bonnie and Clyde, the editing's really good in this. Yes. It's yeah. it's it's really it moves at a clip. This film. I I got here because uh, I'll just rattle off a few of my notes. Yeah. Uh, just there, I've got uh, again opening section of the film opens with no music. Uh, you see the credits, and the first sound is police sirens. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Um, uh, cinematography has beautiful blocking and framing, like the depth of shots, like the later shots, where it's like um, mm-hmm. like that phone call, like the first phone call where he goes, uh, where there's like three police officers behind a desk, and then one of them goes, um, someone's been shot. One guy turns around, Serpico, and then the other guy in the back yeah. turns around. Like, I love that bit there. And, that, and the film plays a lot with that. Um, mm-hmm. And I got in the first two minutes, we know so much about Frank. I go like the police chatter about him. Yeah. Um, I got here. Oh yeah. For example, like um, uh, we got uh, we got a wounded cop, but you think you think a cop did it? I know six who would. Yeah. Like, in the first two minutes, you're like, wait, what? Like, yeah, if you exactly. know nothing about Serpico, it's like, wait a minute. Who's this guy that got shot? He's a police officer. Or, like, he might... Yeah, no, yeah, he's a police officer. He's not liked by other police officers. What Mm -hmm. is going on? It's just instantly, like, in there. I've got that one with Frank on the stretcher. Really good. Yeah, uh, I got here just generally the cinematography is solid. Yeah. Just overall, it's a really solidly shot film. And here, as you said there, the editing. Uh, I got the the editing cutting from the hospital... To the police in um to the police inauguration is yeah, brilliant. And really like he good. cuts back. Again, it's just excellent. Like you see him like in you see Pacino clean shaven, 
clean cut, just there, and then cut back to him just in the hospital. Being you. Him. Being me. Just I, I did write that as a note. I put, it's literally you. Cause it, as in looks or what? Or like... in, as in looks. Like, I, yeah. I, I tried to, I've, I don't know if anyone will have seen this on my Instagram story by the time this episode comes out. But I, I tried to that. trick everyone into thinking that Oscar was dead. I wish I look. I wish I had that beard. I wish <laughs> I did. And I will admit, I'm not being funny. There was a period of time where I looked at that. I, look, I looked at Pacino in this film when I was like thinking of like a hairstyle and beard. Yes. And like and like different clothing because I really wanted like just I wanted to like get some like sweet clothing and I was like, well, Serpico. Because so, yeah. you have that like poncho thing that you wear sometimes, the like yes. jumper thing. Yeah, I do. I'll talk now. I, I, again, I wish I was. I wish I was uh, Al Pacino <laughs> in this film. Um, uh, that what? Yep. Uh, the editing. Yeah, and I got the score. Oofed. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's I, really great stuff. And and then my note here: five minutes in, and the film already has so much good about it. Mm. Like it's like like I can't think of really any other film. Like or like a lot of films. Of course, there's many films that probably like, but I can't think of many that within the first five minutes I'm looking at it I'm like there's how how is there so much that I like about this yeah like, already but yeah uh and then uh the music adds so much to a simple shot again mm-hmm. I think that's a be- that's a really good example of music it's the thing when he's uh going to the police station for the first time and it's just a simple shot of him walking to the desk and putting his badge down being like I'm here to for me job or whatever and there's it would be a long boring shot like if there's nothing to it but like the fact you got like that music yeah it's it it works really well to it um and then i'll i'll i got here love the choice to have no music for when frank goes uh to the rape case yeah and the chase oh yeah like i like how like whenever there's like again the music always plays when there's not anything majorly intense happening which i like a lot yeah, and the, but I mean the, even in that kind of chase scene where it's meant to be like action, you're not. There's not the music. There's, no. there's nothing. There's no like. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. Yeah, nowadays. There's a lot of quick cuts, which is what I like a lot because there's a yeah. lot of like there's a lot of like nice long takes. Mm. But when something's mad, it's like quick cut, 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 cut. It like works more, but it's not like. It's, yeah. It, which is when people use quick cut editing nowadays, especially in action films, it's it's a mess. It's an absolute yeah. mess. And I think of that, I think of like stuff like, I think it's like Taken 2, when it was mm. just, I didn't see Taken 2, but I've seen clips of it where it's just When like, he's going over cut, that fence cut. and it's about 40 cuts to get him over it. I couldn't believe that. I'm like, <laughs> why, why is that like taking like so, so much? But yeah, but like, I think like films need to do it more like this, where it's more like, like cut to Frank, cut to the guy, cut to Frank, cut to the guy, cut to them in one shot together and then yeah yeah no, but yeah uh love the show um yeah and i'll go here these long smooth gliding shots are great brings the frame to life yeah like, oh definitely it gives a lot of life to it but i think i've caught up to you there but yeah that's just See, my next note was just saying um this is such a different character from michael corleone <laughs> which yeah, yeah, yeah. it's so is it's kind of like but it's not even. I was gonna say that it's kind of like the um, if you saw Michael in the opening scene of The Godfather One, and it was a full movie about that guy, if he didn't turn evil. However, 
It's not really. No, no. Because he's he's so much better than that. No, yeah, definitely. Definitely. You know, I, I'll skip a couple of notes down, but I just I wrote here that he's just genuinely a great bloke. Yeah, yeah. Like Frank um, Serpico is just a great guy. We can get in. I got a few notes about that, and we'll get more in depth about that. Yeah. In fact, yeah. yeah. I think no, I made that. Brilliant. I think I made that note from when he was walking to his apartment, and he's just like saying hi to everyone, and everyone yeah. knows him, and everyone likes him. Yeah, um, yeah. And then I put this guy, and I'm pretty. Sh- I don't know if it was his brother or not when he went into that shoe shop. I think it was his brother. I'm not sure. But I just put this guy is so excited to see Frank. Hey, he keeps saying yeah. it over and over again. He's all like, <laughs> he finishes every sentence with just a big old Frank. Hey, and everyone's like, calm down, mate. <laughs> Chill the fuck out. Hey, I, I, know you're, I know you're excited to see him, but he's calm down. Hey, it's the 60s. You don't know why anyone was on at that point. Well, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> I, uh, I'll put, um, are we going to track the timeline of this film via his facial hair? And I was right, because we did. I love um, that. I love, uh, I, I've got a note somewhere where I said, like, I, I love the fact how, like, we don't need, like, title cards to, mm. like, inform. You can, or, like, there's no crossfades, or there's no, like, there's no editing choices to be, like, so many years later. You know time passes. Yeah, it exactly. Goes from, it's like his hair's a bit longer, he's got some moustache, he gets a goatee, he's got a beard, it's Christmas time, he's got different clothes. Like, yeah. that's another thing. Like, it's, I, 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 lo- I love that choice. Touch. A great little touch there, though, was that um, even if you hadn't have caught on to the fact that he'd been at the police department for a while and wasn't a rookie anymore, there's a really subtle little line that he says as he walks in where he asks the guy something and the guy responds and he says, I had a feeling you were going to say that. And you instantly get the idea of, like, oh, he's been around here for a while and he knows these guys now. Yeah, yeah. So even if you hadn't attracted it from the fact that, oh, he's got a moustache now, Mm. It's, it's still like really nicely subtly put into the script as well so that yeah, good shit yeah I think I know I think I looked at like how long I was I watched it it was like 48 minutes and then mm. I realised and the film's like 2.10 which it doesn't feel like that at all it doesn't feel like 2 hours 10 minutes no it, go, it, it goes so quickly it's such good it's such a well paced film but yeah. 48 48 minutes in and I'm like we've covered so much we've like covered so yeah. much time in 48 minutes and it's done such a great in a great way and it's not even like oh there's just only interest like quote-unquote interesting bits in there because there's some bits where he's just like like you know someone might look and go why is that important get like you can cut that scene what's that like interesting to but i love mm. but it like everything in it like i think it's important enough to where it develops the time and develops frank as a character yeah, I mean, I wrote that. There's, I wrote here. There is a, really isn't a wasted moment in the whole thing. Mm. It's just the whole thing is so like strategically planned out, and every scene is exactly where it needs to be. Yes, definitely. And I don't know if that's. I'd like to read the script for this movie, but I, I think I don't know if it's down to the script or down to scenes that were deleted in the editing room. Yeah. To just make it just flow as well as it does, because it it really does. Like I said before, it just moves at it moves at a clip. This film. Oh. Uh, I'm looking there now. One of the writers, Waldo Sold, he was one of the writers of. Uh, he he wrote uh, Midnight Cowboy, so which is oh, a, it's so good. Which, which I recently a, watched with my girlfriend. Yes, yeah, and yeah. I'm try and uh, I'm trying to look Norman Wexler. I'm sure I remember that name. Oh, never mind. He wrote. Um, oh, interesting. He wrote Staying Alive. Oh my God! Yes, <laughs> so, amazing. So, but I think I think I remember seeing one point 
like an uh, interview with Pacino and he said like one of the big turning points of him doing the film was like um one silly Lumet directing and another was Waldo Salt who uh, uh writing the script yeah and, like, and the and you are the script is very like it's tight it's a tight script that again yeah. I'm not again I'm not sure if there's more to it there probably is I'm not sure if the script is as tight as the film is edited yeah, because the the editing also is a big part of that, and I do agree that I would like to read, have a read through the script to see like what was like in Different, there, kind of. Yeah, yeah. but it, I mean the combination of the script and the editing, it does just make such for like a smooth film. Yeah, it really does. I think it's a really good. It's one of them films where it's all come together very nicely. Yes, like every 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 little department of the production process on this brought their A game and it's all oh, yeah. culminated to something that just works on every single level. There's not one thing that kind of drags it down. No, definitely not. Um, my next note was Serpico just got accused of being gay by the head teacher from Back to the Future. <laughs> because that's who that guy was. It took me a hot minute really? to realise it was the head teacher that's like, oh, McFly, you're always bloody late, you're like your dad or whatever. At the beginning of Back to the Future, it was him. And I, <laughs> it, it took me a hot minute to realise. I was like, he just got accused of being gay by the head teacher from Back to the Future, and that's pretty cool. I don't I don't believe that. That's amazing. Yeah, that's, I'm right. pretty sure it was him. If it wasn't, I'm sorry, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it was. Let's talk about that scene for a bit. Yeah. I fucking right. It, that scene is it's it's really good. It's a really well done. Done. Like that, that scene itself has an arc. It really does. Like yeah. it's like goes from like earlier when he's meet. I forgot his first girlfriend's name, but he goes like the ballet and that, yeah. and then he's reading a ballet book. Yeah, and then, and then he does the little twirl, which I've got a little fucking note about that. And so then the guy's like, "Oh, he's oh, that's a bit fairyish. That's the, that's totally the look he gave him. He's like, oh, oh yeah." Super. And then he goes to the bathroom, literally like, I need a... Fr- I, I love that. Turns the lions. Hey, Frank, turn off. So I, I wanted to read. Yeah, so I've got to go piss in the dark now. <laughs> okay, got, and he's like, what are you doing? And he's having a look, and then the guy comes to say, what were you doing? Doesn't stop the other guy. Oh, yeah, it's just just, just Frank. Just Frank. He's like, he's like, you were sucking his cock. And then Frank doesn't even go, no, I wasn't. He was like, what, what do you even mean? <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? What do you mean? It's like, are you really accusing me of? Not even, it's not even like Frank's like, I'm massively homophobic. He's just, I don't know. He might be. It was the sixties. I'm not sure what Frank was like. But like, it's not. It's not even like he's offended. That's like, how dare you call me gay? It's like, what are you on about, mate? Like, yeah, it's like, what are you talking about? And it's getting that look that he's giving him of like, mate. Like, are you? Is that seriously your issue? Yeah. Like, of all the things. And he's like, I, I know it. I saw shorts there a few weeks ago with semen on them. It's like, why are you, tr- why are you being a proper detective about this? As opposed yeah, to actually exactly. being a police officer. And that's like the total look on Frank's face of like, what an, why? Why, <laughs> why is this happening above anything else? <laughs> that, that's totally the look he has on his face. It's like, yeah. I'm just like, what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck is this? <laughs> Which is completely fair because it's it is it comes completely out of nowhere. And I yeah. thought in that moment I was like, shit, is this movie gonna take a turn? Was mm. Frank Serpico actually homosexual in real life? I googled it, he wasn't. No, yeah, no, he, And it's He's a very straight man. He's a very straight man. 
but it was it was very out of nowhere, and yeah. I think that's that's kind of the point is yeah, that they're yeah. taking any excuse to dislike him. Yeah, oh yeah, because it's again, it's like it's his attitude and a big part of it is also the way he looks. Like just Jerry, yeah. it's like you're off conventional. Yeah, exactly. It's like when he goes to the new police department and the first thing someone says to him goes, get a haircut and shave that thing off your lip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to which Al Pacino instantly goes, who do I have to talk? Um, no. And then he goes like, oh, well, t- if, if you find an issue, take it up with the chief. Okay, then where is he? <laughs> yeah, he was in. The guy's like, it's an impressive mustache. That's <laughs> the first thing they says to him. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> like, it is okay. good. But I love that. I like how he's not just like, Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. Or he's not freaking out. He goes like, "Okay, who do I need to talk to?" It's like for that not to happen. Yeah, to not do that. <laughs> yeah, he goes, and the guy's like proper like getting fuming there, and he's like, "Okay, thank you." <laughs> yeah, goes, oh, I, think I, I did appreciate that this movie it is probably the funniest one we've looked at so far. Oh yeah, I've got a few lines. Because like there one... is genuinely things in this film where it's like that. That's pretty funny. Like... <laughs> There's a few lines I've got noted down that I, that I did like have a laugh. At. It's the again. It's a lot of the times where it's just like. There's one bit where um, I'm skipping later in the film, but it's the bit where um, he's gonna go and uh, he's preparing for some sort of like a court thing. And he's at the shooting range and the guy kind of goes, oh, well, you're not going to say anything, are you? He goes, well, I'll only answer if I know it. It's like, yeah, but you do know Frank. And then like yeah. Frank's, and then Frank says something to which the guy goes, fuck you, Frank. And he just walks out. I liked the one when um, when he was at his when he was at the party with his first girlfriend in the movie. And the guy goes uh, like, oh, she's a real mindfuck. And he's like, what do you mean? <laughs> And he, he goes, oh, it's, she like, you know, goes for real intellectual types and stuff. And he goes, oh, she's very, <laughs> she's, like, she's very, like, I don't know. She's very smart yeah. or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, that seems brilliant as well. Very perceptive or something like that. Yeah, yeah. It's so good. What a guy. I didn't understand why people call him Paco. Is that because Serpico? I, I've got it. I can't. Uh, I, I saw a trivia thing, but I didn't note it down. Paco oh, is right, sh- okay. Paco is short for like, it's like, I think Francisco's, it's like some th- sort of shortened term for Frank in Italian. Uh, okay. I can't remember the exact name, but that's why. Right, okay. I, I, got, I, like... com- I got confused. I was like, D- is that just a name he likes? To get yeah, exactly. Paco, why not? <laughs> I liked the, um, how you could kind of track the development of his second relationship as well by... Mm. At first, she calls him Frank, and then later on, she's calling him Paco, and you go, "Oh, so they've been together a while then." That's that's what I mean. It's like it's yeah. another really well little line just dropped in there. Like, oh yeah, that's pretty great. Like <laughs> that's pretty like, good. Like, cause I struggle a lot when writing scripts to be like, how do I like? Cause I mean, you know this, Robbie. A lot mm-hmm. of my scripts are just like a scene or just like a lot of people talking. Like, yeah. And in within a short space of time whether it be through one day or, like, one hour or something like that. Yeah. But, like, and I always find it difficult, like, how do I, like, communicate a passage of time without, like, doing full scenes of something? Mm. But this is actually a pretty good film to, like, analyse in the sense of, like, establish one thing early on and then just kind of repeat that, but, like, subtly later and then that instantly communicates that, like, oh, it's passage of time. Yeah. Like, as you said, like, the fact there of, like, we already got the thing of him explaining to his first girlfriend, oh, yeah, my good friends call me Paco. 
He's like, oh, what should I call you, Frank or Paco? He goes, Paco. And then, um, so that's already established instantly right off the bat. So again, as you said there, where she, his second girlfriend calls him Frank, and then we're like two scenes later, he's being called Paco. It's yeah. like, oh, instantly communicated that there's clearly a... Development. Uh, yeah, it's, it, yeah. It, it, it is really good to like, it would be a good film to analyse that to really figure out how to like really uh, master passage of time, actually, without like being too like... Yeah. Draggy with it. Um, I've written here that it's it's only about fifty minutes to realise this, but I've I'll put, I've only just realised that his mate at the police force is like on his side and is a is a clean cop and stuff. It's uh, it's Woody Allen's mate from Annie Hall, isn't it? Oh yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. I, I it took me a while to realise, but it, I I really liked his character. That there's a specific scene, um, when they're having an argument after the all the stuff that happens with the newspaper. Oh, which yeah. is so good. It's just to give um, context, it's after they've gone to the they've gone to the newspaper with uh, who he the, his mate seems to know a guy who has a direct line to the mayor supposedly, mm-hmm. and so they go with this full story about all the corruption that's going on, that kind of thing. And he's like, "Oh yeah, it's so this is such a good story. This is gonna bust it all wide open and all that kind of stuff." And it's literally the next scene. Mm-hmm. Like the the next they they cut back to him with his girlfriend celebrating that it's gonna go straight to the mayor and then it cuts straight back to him going back into the newspaper place and the guy going oh well you know apparently we're expecting riots in the summer and uh, we want everyone to be on the on the side of the police so maybe in the fall and all this kind of stuff and he gets real pissed off about it mm-hmm. and he has this massive rant at his friend. Saying like, oh, you always keep bringing up these names and people that you supposedly know that'll help us and all this kind of stuff, and it's really good. And that's when you kind of like, it's the fair. It's not the first showing of it, but it's definitely the first most like significant showing of how he's really kind of losing his mind with this. Yes, yes. Because it it really does great on him that he can't do anything about this because everyone's against him. And then at that point, you realise, oh, the mayor's probably in on it as well. Yeah, which is not great. No, obviously, no. But yeah, it that's... baffled me that it was a true story. Yeah, and, really. And, and in the context of the film itself, the film is very soon after the aftermath of all this. Yeah, because again, like it's a, at the end of the film, it's like oh, um, because I think it went till nineteen seventy two, nineteen seventy one, nineteen seventy two. Mm-hmm. Can't remember, but the film's nineteen seventy three. So yeah. that's like mental. That's like in context. Let's say in, let's bring it like in terms of modern day. That's as if like someone started making a film about uh, uh, George Floyd within the next few months. Yeah, like it went in, in, into production and was just going. Yeah. yeah, that's like what that would be. Yeah, and that's which is mental to me. Oh yeah, because usually, because usually with true story stuff, they always like to let things breathe a bit, don't they? So they can like, oh, yeah. do a big thing at the end, like, oh, and here's the what's happened since all that. But, yeah, like, the most they could have done is like, oh, as of right now, he's just living in Switzerland. Yeah, he's retired to somewhere in Switzerland. Yeah, uh, I mean, even and the fact that it's based on a book as well. So yeah, that it... book turnaround must have been, oh yeah, speedy. But yeah. that was written by Frank himself, wasn't it? Like, uh, uh, well, it was Peter Mars who wrote the book, but I think Frank. Right. Wrote, but Frank was 
involved with it obviously it's yeah so um, it's because it's a biography of him isn't it so it's like it's about that situation from what i could gather yeah 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 i know he do you know what i'd be very interested i think about 10 Mm. years ago he wrote his memoirs which i would be very interested in yeah i bet that'd be really great um yeah i've written uh i really like the shot when he's in his garden and he meets his second girlfriend that shot where it's like split into two squares and everything's in frame and everything's very well placed. Yeah. And that whole interaction is really good as well. Yes. Oh, I um, love it. I love it. I, I, I got it there somewhere. Why I just put, like, Frank is smooth as fuck. I just put... Oh, yeah. Where it was like, I can't... Um, uh, say I got, you love my garden and that. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Uh, it was like, you know what they say. No, what do they say? If you love a man's garden, then you have to love the man. And she just kind of laughs and walks back. Legends, Legendary moves. <laughs> but one of the things he says, she was like, oh, I like it. When she goes, oh, I thought it was so-and-so. He goes, nope, it's so-and-so. Oh, yeah. I, th- I thought so. And he goes, you can hear it better here. Legend. <laughs> it's unbelievable stuff. It's stuff I wouldn't even dream of doing. This is me fucking taking notes for an opening line. <laughs> this, is, this is me what to say on an opening line on Tinder. That's why I'm like fucking... <laughs> Scribble that now. Yeah, yeah. The first opening line should now be, "What are you listening to?" <laughs> Every time. <laughs> just like, oh yeah, when she goes like, "What are you up to?" Oh, just listen to some music. What are you listening to? Blah 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 blah. It sounds better from over here. <laughs> oh, <sure>. Legendary. <laughs> and I'll see how quickly they unmatch from me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try it on Julia at some point this next week and see how long it until she leaves me. <laughs> she goes, that's stupid, Robin. That, yeah, that's, <laughs> fucking, that's fucking dumb, Robin. You know what? I'll save that for next week's podcast and let you all know how it's gone. Oh, please do. <laughs> um, I put about the. Uh, I liked the performance of you know when he when he gets sent to the other police department. The first guy that he gets partnered with. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I liked his performance a lot. That that laugh that he has when he's <laughs> reversing down the road is like Mike Myers in Cat in the Hat. It was proper like <laughs> sort of thing. I was like, I really like this. I mean, I shouldn't like the guy. He's a terrible bloke. The character's a really bad guy. But he's Dad, like swilling a guy in the toilet and whatever. But <laughs> but to be fair, didn't we like proper have Banson a load of people from The Godfather and they're not necessarily. <laughs> well, yeah, they're not great people. people. So, you know, <laughs> it's a good point. But yeah, I agree. I'm there, afraid like... of, but. He's not I mean, a great bloke. Yeah, God bless Fredo. We miss you. God bless him. We'll see you next week for Dog Day Afternoon. <laughs> Will we? John Cazale's the supporting lead in Dog oh Day Afternoon. Oh my God, I had no idea. That's so <laughs> exciting. Oh, yes. I can't wait to see his big old head again. That's excellent. Um, I wrote about the, uh, the scene when his girlfriend kind of breaks down to him and Is starts that- crying and stuff. Oh, when um, they're in the... It's the second time he's, like, freaking out. Yeah. And she goes... At least the second time we're seeing him freaking out. Yeah. And she goes, um, like, you're, you're, you're very... You're, you're the most important thing to me, so it, so it breaks me up, breaks me apart when I see you like this, see you unhappy. And she goes, if it's so bad, why don't you just leave? And then he goes, well, why don't you? And she goes, yeah. it's, cross, it's crossed my mind. And to which she goes, well, do it then! Leave then! 
Yeah. It, oh, it's rough. That's rough. It's, it's really rough. Because uh, in, in another comparison to another scene of Al Pacino having a breakdown with a relationship that was a film in the 70s, comparing it to In Godfather Part 2 with yes. Kay, it's a very different feeling. It's even more heartbreaking, I think, almost with Frank and his girlfriend in Serpico. Simply yeah, because, so. because I mean, obviously it's heartbreaking in Godfather Part 2 just because every it's no, it's just a, an awful scene of just like... Because everything's heartbreaking of, in that film. Yeah, it's not a happy film at all, that film. It's no. just like, <laughs> no. it's like, I've had your child aboard and then he hits her in the face and it's like, this is rough. I feel, yeah. like, I'm, I feel like I'm watching a massive domestic and it's not nice at all. But, yeah, it's not fun. But with Frank arguing with his girlfriend, it's even more heartbreaking. It's like, oh, you were so good with each other. You, you would like yeah. sound with each other. Oh no! It's like seeing your two mates having an argument in front of you. It's like, oh, don't, please, no. It, I think it's like it it hit better for me because Michael Corleone's kind of a bad dude. Yeah, yeah. Frank is so pure of heart throughout yeah. the whole thing. Like yeah. he he never wavers on his morals. Oh, no. he's always just like I do it by the books and I do it right. Mm-hmm. And it and he gets nothing for it. It's rough, and that, that that's the thing when it once he's been once he's been shot. I nearly hesitated then because I was going to say a spoiler alert, but that's all we do here. Um, it's also the beginning of the film. You see, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, first the opening scene, but when he's been shot in the face, um, which we'll get to, I'm guessing. Oh yeah, but he he says like when he's in the hospital bed, he says something along the lines of like, "This is what I get for being the only good cop," and that's really sad. Because oh, I, I, when he started tearing up, I almost got proper emotional. Yeah, and again, it's, it's that, it's that, it's like, and he wasn't doing a proper like, he wasn't doing an end of Godfather three way screaming and crying for fucking overly. Too, he's not overly dramatized mm. crying. I used yeah. Godfather Part three because that was just the first thing that was fresh in mind. But you know, I like some films where like the main character starts crying and it's a proper like really like overly long. But it's like he kind of just does like what you do when you're going to start a cry, but then you just stop yourself. Yeah. It's, that's even more like, oh, like you can just, it's almost like, a, like you just feel a gripping in your heart, mm. really, of just like, because I mean, I've had that before when I've like been on like the absolute verge of bawling, but I'm like, just stop, just don't, just don't cry, Oscar, just don't cry. Just leave yeah. it in, just leave it in. But like, you're still like having a quivery lip. That's what that was. And it's, again, it's rough. It's real. And it's raw. It's, it's, it's the, like subtle Pacino. Yeah, again, best Pacino. The best. He's Pacino so, he's so good in this film. Oh, he's so good. Well, I haven't really, yeah, we haven't really touched on that yet. Pacino's amazing in this. My last note. Uh, I mean, we may as well say now. I've got here. Pacino was great in both Godfather films, but I think this is his best performance. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I would a hundred percent agree. I liked the character more, I think. Yeah. Than I do Michael, and he, he just—he's so subtle. Yeah. But so likable. In the same way, how we talk about the conversation, how we said Gene Hackman is that film. Yeah. Al, Al Pacino, Pacino is, is this film. It's like, you can't, like, the reason, like, it's such a good film. And the fact that Pacino is, like, in every single scene. Yeah. It's, like, like of course, like, you can't, like, a lot of, it's, a lot of the praise has to go with Pacino. Yeah. Obviously, as well as Sidney Lumet, who directed the film, like brilliantly, absolutely amazingly mm. directed the film. But yeah, I, yeah. I don't think it could have been anyone else. I'm sure there'll be other casting possibilities in the trivia when we get to it. There isn't actually. 
Oh, okay. I, I, like at least none that I could find. But yeah, yeah, I can't. Again, I can't. I just can't see. think of anyone that could have been as good as he is in this. No, again, he's got almost that sympathetic baby face look to him. In yeah, sense. he has. Like at, he, at this point in his career, he has. Yeah. Yeah, Pacino's really good at like he can get really intense, but he he has like those like the big eyes, the big like brow, like hazel yeah. eyes of like. It's got some sympathy to him because I just thought they're like who else was around at that point. I thought like I was like De Niro. I thought he doesn't have like that like he's like, not innocence yeah. to him as much as he's like, still quite Pacino threatening. Does. As yeah. much as I like him, he's still quite a threatening dude just to look at generally. Oh yeah, I love De Niro, but like yeah, I I agree there. Like you just they you it would have been a completely different thing. I think there's just something yeah. that Pacino has to him in this film. Yeah, I mean before I move on to my next note. I put, I wrote down, uh, you're tearing me apart, Paco, which is what his girlfriend says, because I found it quite funny. Yeah, I thought that, yeah. I thought. God, the room's ruined so much. Yeah. The room's ruined so much. It I'm, really has. I could, I haven't watched Rebel Without a Cause yet, and I know that bit where James Dean goes, <laughs> you're tearing me apart, and I know I'm going to look at that, and I'm not going to take it seriously, because fucking Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I thought of Godfather Part 2 as well. But it's just like, you're telling me a bad friend. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, he goes, you broke my heart. You broke my heart. Oh, you broke my heart. God damn it. That's what I thought. I was like, I've heard you tearing me apart before. And I wrote it down because I was like, ah, Godfather. But it's not, is it? It's the fucking room. (laughs) I shouldn't make sense. (laughs) The next note that I have is something that really made me laugh. Um, I, like, belly laughed when I saw this. Um, the rabbi disguise really threw me off. I, th- I thought, I thought, like, I knew that we were tracking the passage of time in this movie via facial hair and stuff. Did you? But he walks just... in with like a full bloody Gandalf beard, and I was like, "What? What's going on? How long has it been?" And then he like takes it off and that, and I was like, "That's hilarious." But honestly, I... you know what? I love that stuff. I'm just like walking in, like you didn't even see, like. You're There's no context. The... You're like, There's no what... context as to why he was dressed as a rabbi for no reason. You're like, what was that mission? Yeah. What was, what <laughs> yeah. was, what was that case? Like, one of my, one of our favourites, we both love Atlanta. Yeah. And like, like, on just like the odd, like, daft things that happens. In yeah, like, you're thinking like, like... And it's like, it's like, my instant thought was like, Darius. Yeah. Like, I was like, oh, yeah. Just... But it's like, well, just how did he get to that point? What yeah. was he doing? Was he undercover as a rabbi? Is that what was going on? He would have been, because, like, what else? It's like, but I'm like, what was he trying... What did he have to be undercover as a rabbi for? What involved yeah. that? Like, what was, like, that? Like, <laughs> did he I'm thinking, to... like... I hope that's in his memoirs. Did he have to break a dr- drug bust in a bar mitzvah or something? Yeah, I, I, just... <laughs> I was thinking, like, is that in the book? Will that be a thing that he's mentioned in his like in his memoirs or something about? Oh, there was this one mission where I had to dress as a rabbi for some reason. I need another. You know, I need like a I need like a Serpico like mini series of like all the miss all the stuff we didn't see in certain the film. And each of them was just him dressed as a different thing. Yeah. Like he's a party magician for one of them, yeah. like a clown. <laughs> he's running after a bloke dressed like full on clown. He's running after someone down and like. Manhattan. Just like, yeah, it's like the opening scene of Joker where he's got his big old shoes on, like stomping about down the street trying to run after this dude. <laughs> I need that now. We need Robbie. We need a pitch. That we need a pitch a Serpico mini series. Of, we no, do. Not even necessarily a Serpico mini series. Just a mini series of like 
of a quote-unquote Frank Serpico character of just yeah. like, a policeman's misadventures. <laughs> Serpico, the one that he is. Like, like and, and the ep- and the episode each episode ends with him being like, I guess I have to sort out the corruption, and then like credits roll. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what was he doing in Switzerland? I don't know. Probably dressed as another thing. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> he's dyed his hair blonde. He's like, like. <laughs> he was probably a lion tamer, but for real this time. I love right. I love that scene as well. <laughs> I love that scene of when he's just on the. He picked up again, just smooth as all hell. Like picked just up like, a gal. Just rides on the back, goes, what is that? Oh, it's like, no, that's a good. What have you got a good? Oh, well, I'm a lion tamer. Yeah, because yeah, I'm a lion tamer. Do lion tamers have guns? Is I don't, that a thing? I don't know. And then to which she says all these things. And I was like, oh, I'm an actress, a singer, a dancer, and a Buddhist. He goes, oh, in that order. And, she, and, then he goes, <laughs> and then he goes, would I believe you if I told you I was a cop? No, I wouldn't. All right. And then, <laughs> yeah, he just carries on. And then cuts to them like going to a ballet and then in the rain with him trying to do a fucking thing. And oh, I love and again those like literal few scenes. I love those bits. Just like I the love... little moments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got nothing to do with the corruption storyline, but still it adds like so much to his character still. Yes. You definitely. see how he operates just in his general life and he's just a he's just a great bloke. I mean yeah. I can't I can't speak for how he actually is in real life. I have no idea about anything except the uh, about the guy. But in this movie, he's depicted as just being a top guy. Yeah, I've seen a few um, interviews of him late recently, like yeah, re- within recent years, and he seems like obviously he's older now. So, yeah. but he seems like that's kind of like what he was like. Like, yeah. there's a documentary that came out a few years ago called Frank Serpico, which is mm. has Frank Serpico, like, right? Okay. So, like, which I'm very interested, in. and they talk about the film, like right? Okay, which, yeah. Is which I'll be very interested in actually watching. Yeah, I bet that's interesting. A, a guy talking about, even if it's just for a portion of it, but a guy talking about a film that was made yeah. about him. Well, the and new... what they got right, what they got wrong, sort of thing. That'd be quite good. Again, it's not the whole film, but like, yeah, that's yeah. A there's a but there's a video that that the New York Times did ten years mm. ago of of a reporter watching the film with with Frank. Yeah, and him saying a few things, and there's one bit of trivia which. Um, that he said in that, which I will save till the trivia section, which I find fascinating, which I find right, really okay. interesting. Cool. Yeah, but yeah, like no, he's. He, I I really want to read more into him. Like, yeah, just generally, but yeah, definitely. I put um. There's a great use of lighting in the shooting range. Yes. When he's, you know, when that the thing's coming towards him and he's shooting and it's just dark and yeah. then the light comes on and you see his face and he's like horrified oh, i love that so much yeah it's, oh, it's really good that's so fucking good on a side note of the shooting range once again bring it back to atlanta did did i just instantly remembered the scene where darius had a dog picture yeah <laughs> i don't know oh, why yeah. that was the first thing that came to mind when i saw a shooting range it's like you can't have that why not <laughs> <laughs> why not brilliant but yeah anyway that's yeah no but that shot yeah the lighting and then like the thing he just shoots the thing, the target stops, and then the light of him just like, again, the wide eye Pacino, fucking yeah. brilliant, it's so brilliant. good, really subtle again, but really good. Um, I've said that there's a guy in the last team thing when they're going to bust that place when he gets shot, uh, that looks exactly like Ezra Miller with a handlebar mustache. It's got nothing to do with anything, but he he just looked like Ezra Miller. I just thought. <laughs> I think I know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
real life stupid Flash Ezra Miller. God damn it. Why does he not know how to run in that film? Just a side note, why does he run like a fucking idiot? It's your one thing. Get good at it. Why does, Ezra, why, why does Ezra Miller as a person not know how to be a normal human being? It's, yeah. I mean, will the Flash movie ever come out? I don't know, maybe. It depends if he's like climbing another mountain in the middle of filming or something or whatever he does with his time. I hope I hope it doesn't. I yeah, so, I mean, I'm excited now because of the Michael Keane stuff. We're getting off topic. It doesn't matter. Anyway, <laughs> but I did like how in that scene, because I'm getting like right to the end of my notes. As I said, I didn't make a lot of notes in this, yeah. but I loved how he was the only one trying to push that door. Mental, yeah. And everyone else just stood and watched. And, and was he's like, he's going to get shot. Yeah, he's like, what are you doing? Help me. <laughs> Because <laughs> like no, everyone's just stood there looking at it with their guns pointed. There's there's a bit in the trailer to because I watched the trailer to that Frank Serpico documentary where Frank is at that apartment place. Right. It's identical to the film as well, by the way. I'm not sure if they. Oh right, okay. It, it's like pretty much exactly what it looks like, and he's say and he's talking about it all, and it's exactly how it happened. I was like there, Jeez. and he, and he was just like, "Is anyone gonna help me?" And then he turns and he got shot. Jesus. And one thing I've realised, I get, I, I'm always fine with gore and stuff. Mm. I don't like. I've realised things that really fuck me up. One, Achilles heels, like anything to do with Achilles uh, heels, and yeah. and two, anything to do with fucking hands. Yeah. I've realised that where he's just like it's like scraping the back of his the door scraping the back of his yeah. head. I'm like I hate that I can't look it's at like that probably like cringing up like oh no I, it's like, so any I, I've realised that from this film a combination of that film and every fucking Mike Flanagan film I just like it's like yeah. any fucking thing to do with hands just really gnarls me up again someone could get a jaw just ripped off or like just innards just yeah I'd be, torn f- I'd be fine I the wa- Saw movie I'm fine mate I watched the Saw films near enough yearly and I'm and I love it. I have, yeah. a, I have a well fun time. You you do anything with a hand? Nah, nah, man. None of that. None of that. Thank you. Um, the last note that I have is just that I really like how the film wraps up. Mm-hmm. Him and Alfie. Yeah, exactly. And when when he when he's sat in the courtroom, that really nice sweeping shot that comes around, and uh, I'll I'll that was the first time. That, well, it wasn't the first time the scar stood out to me, but it was. That was definitely a moment where I was like, this score is so good. It's such a good those, score. Those like really nice piano notes playing mm-hmm. as it comes around. And it kind of looks like the guy who's taking the minutes, who's very obviously not typing words. Um, it kind of looks like he's playing the piano whilst he's, no, whilst he's typing stuff out. No, do you know that's how it happens in court? Really? It's like, it's not like a typewriter. It's a certain, I forgot what it is, but it's like a, so thing, I think I, re- I remember seeing a because uh, if you watch the Ted Bundy tapes, yeah, you can see the guy doing. It. He's like watching it all happen. He's kind of just doing this. Apparently, oh. apparently, it's like a thing, like it's a certain machine. Because my auntie, who lives in America, does mm-hmm. that for a living, and oh, like, right. and she has like, and she's taking a photo of what it is. Because I always thought it was like a typewriter. It's like yeah, some, same, yeah. I can't remember what it is, but it's something to where it's I can't like. But like that's how it is. That's like the technique. That's really weird. Like I, I just thought like, I don't know. I thought it was a typewriter. So when I saw it, I was like, that guy's is, is not typing anything. It looks like it looked like you know when that video of the cat playing chopsticks. 
Yes, yeah. It, yeah, yeah. it, it looked look like that. <laughs> just dashing his hands on it. Yeah, no, like, I... Best. Yeah, I thought the exact same thing for a long time. And I was like, yeah. what? what is... And then, but no, that's, like, just a, a thing. Yeah. Oh. No. Mean, yeah. Render me an idiot. <laughs> it's fine. But yeah, I, I just, I really like that. And I liked the last shot as well of him sat with Alfie. And that's how I've got Julia on board to sit down and watch this film with me. Because I sent her a photo of Alfie and she likes dogs. Uh, and that is the cutest dog. Oh, uh, Alfie's brilliant. And it's, the, it's another thing where you can track the timeline of the movie with how big Alfie is. Yeah. As it goes along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Because he gets him when he's a puppy, and by the end, he's a fully grown, he's just, big old dog. He's bigger than he's bigger than Frank. <laughs> big old sheep dog. I liked the um, oh yeah, Al Pacino. They they make no attempts to make him look bigger in this film, and I love it. It's he's very little. There's a there's a shot where he comes like they go off. It's to him and one other police guy come off to a side to have a conversation, and Al Pacino steps right up to the camera. And the other guy steps up, and there's such a light, there's literally like a foot between them. It's almost kind of like that works in the sense of like how like he's the smallest guy on the force amongst these yeah. people who are kind of towering over him, and oh, 100%, it, yeah. it, it it does, and he is kind of like like one against all to an extent, which yeah. is like which yeah, like that's I think that works well in his height. How tall was Frank Serpico? I'm curious. Have a little search, but I'll I'll just talk about how cute the dog is. It's a cute dog, man. <laughs> it's so fluffy, and that would be it'd be a great dog for a cuddle. It looks a lot like Julia's oh, dog, yeah. actually. So there you go. I'm doing this whilst I'm a blah blah blah. Oh, about the Michael Keaton stuff, guys. Isn't it, isn't it exciting? I can't <laughs> I can't find its height, so I'm not sure God who exactly. But uh, anyway, but yeah. God damn it. But before I get onto the rest of my notes, what I, I what I realized as I was as I was watching the film, I was thinking to myself, I'm not really like properly like detailing notes as I have been the past few weeks. But I think yeah. that's not an issue with the film. The film like kind of like like it's not you don't it's not really. There's no real hidden meanings or any hidden no. pieces of storytelling. It's just a really solid film. It just it very much just speaks for itself. Yeah, and I think again, you, we as as much talking as us two chumps can do can't really like <laughs> can't really like um, really like highlight how good Pacino is in the film. Like, yeah. like, 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 all we can do is go, guys. He's really fucking good. He's, he's really, he's good. really good. He's really good. Uh, I got. Uh, I'll just go through my notes. I go uh, uh, where I left off. Uh, da, da, da. Uh, New York filmed in the seventies is such a unique feeling. Oh yeah. I just I, one thing I've read. I just right. I love New York. Just yeah. I want to go New. I mean, maybe not now. Again, I think New York's controlling itself right now in COVID. I don't know. Yeah, I think so. I think America overall at the minute is a bit of a shit show, but, you know, that's a different mm. thing entirely. But I've always wanted to go to New York anyway. And so I always have a fondness with New York in any sense of fiction. And, yeah. like, again, I just love, like, the feel of it. Like, it, again, it's it's got that grit to it. But there's also the fun little moments where he's, like, good across the street and the kids are, like blast in the fucking fire hydrant uh, the fire yeah. hydrant it's just like moments like that there's just something quite raw about the film like mm-hmm. the way that it depicts i got in quotes here again this is a, uh, something that i found quite funny the bci never had a weirdo cop before frank then says stop 
stop bothering me. Yeah. <laughs> he goes, say, stop bothering me. <laughs> I just love that. Please leave me alone. I got it. Um, uh, the first thing Frank does when moving in a new place is he gets a water for his newly bought dog. I love that. Like, again, yeah. that scene, you could be like, oh, cut that. That's not important with the police corruption. But it's just it the is. fact that he just like walks, gets out the car, sees just a bunch of dogs that two people got. He goes, oh, hello there. And she goes, hey, would you want one for free? And he goes, no, I'll pay for one. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that scene is a really good showing of his character because as soon as he's... As soon as he went up to him, I was like, those people are, are dodgy. Because he, he asks, where did you get the dog? And she's like, oh, they're mine. Yeah, and I'm yeah. thinking, are they, are they though? And it, 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 me, myself, if I saw something like that on the street, I'd be like, that's really dodgy. And I wouldn't buy a dog from him. And then, he, not only does he buy the dog, he then goes, oh, can you just look after, look after my stuff? I'm moving yeah. in. Can, I, can you just look after my stuff whilst I take the dog inside? Yeah, and yeah. I'm thinking like, that stuff's going to get stolen, you <laughs> idiot. But then it doesn't, no, and they yeah. were genuinely nice people. Mm. But it's me being judgmental and prejudiced as a person. <laughs> Whereas he just is like a really trusting guy, and he just sees the good in everyone. And I yeah. think it was a really nice way of showing his character over anything and it's else, like, really. Like, again, it's not like he's like, oh, let me take all... Hey, mind the dog for a bit while I take all my stuff in. He goes... Right, I'll take the dog. Let me literally go in. He looks, gets a pot. He goes, fill water. There you go. Yeah. Goes just in. And then it's like, that's his first priority. It's like, and another example is like when he starts shouting, when he has the argument, when him and his second girlfriend break up and yeah. she runs out and he's about to go because I have to pay for that. And then he pays. Yeah. Here, here, just here. And then he, because he could have very well, I mean, he could be like, whoop. And off he's like, but ah, I haven't paid. Let me pay. Yeah. Like, it's like, it's just little moments like that I love so much because, again, it's just like, you could, you could have, it's, he could have done a very movie thing of just like, oh, let me run after my girlfriend so I don't want to, like, leave her. And then, like, the thing is always like, shouldn't he have paid for that? Oh, it just never comes back, though, because, you know, it's a movie magic. You're not movie magic. But it's like, I look, like, again, like, yeah, what would Frank do? Like that's like he would the probably book. pay for it. Like yeah. It, yeah, the script stays very true to the character throughout. Yeah, the, the character they're trying to create. Yeah, um, I love how there's no um, tie. I, yeah, we already said that. No tile cast to indicate the passage of time. Um, mm -hmm. I got here. I love how he doesn't take anyone's shit, specifically the ballet book scene. Yeah, I love that because <laughs> he does like a really camp wave at the end, which I really enjoy. He goes spy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's the biz world where the guy's clearly trying to like poke him. It's like, oh, you're doing ballet, are you, sir? He goes, yeah, I am. It's good for you. Yeah. And, he, and, he, and he's trying to be like all like, like, oh, you fucking like gay. And he's just, he's not, he, he, and Frank knows what he's trying to get at. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, and he, and he's just like, yeah, yeah, it's a good read. You should look at it. He takes it really seriously. And then he goes like, from this position, I can do literally anything. <laughs> I love that so much. And he's literally just stood. It's not like he's in a specific ballet position. He's just stood there and he's like, from this position, I can do literally anything. <laughs> Again, that's one of the... Like, it's quite a serious topic, but it's not like... It, it takes some nice downtime, even in the moments where, yeah. where, like, you know, he's clear... Like, there's not one moment, I don't think, where Frank's like, oh, no, I'm so upset. Yeah, oh, it's still no. a fun movie. Yeah, he's kind There's of... There's bits of levity in it. It's like, it's like, he knows people are shitheads, and he's like, well, as long as I'm not a shithead, I'm fine. He, yeah. he, he's the pure mindset of, like, 
I'll work with them, but I'll never talk to them outside of work. That's like literally exactly. what it's, 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 that's the equivalent of like, I'll work with you, but I'm not having a pint with you. That's literally yeah. what it is. Like, I'll deal with you. I'll cope with you. <laughs> um, which is how I think a lot about quite a few people. <laughs> I'll deal with you and I'm going. <laughs> that's what Hutch said to us at the beginning of the first year. I think everyone said that to us. <laughs> By the way, I want to say, I don't. Said, really, I don't want to think about that of anyone. I mean, in life, I feel that about most people. Like, <laughs> I'm not calling out anyone in uni. Jesus. And, uh, no, but that is what Hook said to us. Though, it was like yeah. these people that you'll want to, that you'll work with, but you won't want to have a beer with them. Yeah, like like there's people that you would want to work with, but you don't really want to like hang out with them. Which is yeah, and that's like Frank in this film. He's like, well, I'm not gonna like it's be exactly a, his mindset. Yeah, I'm not gonna be a bitch about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um oh yeah, the that party scene is brilliant. Yeah. Okay, this is Paco, he's a police officer. I got it's all that's all sorts of relatable. Like at the beginning mm. of it where like you get introduced and then people go, Oh that's good and then they're off. And yeah, he's like gone. And then Frank's like, Oh, okay, fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love the bit when he's talking about his family crest being a sheepdog. Yeah. That was really funny. One thing I do have to say, they could have cut a line out of that. It's the end bit of when they're dancing and his girlfriend mm. goes, everyone loves you, Paco. I love you, Paco. And then it cuts to like him in a police station. Like, that didn't need to be there. Like we know. Yeah, no. Like we, we know. know. <laughs> he, he's, he's getting on with everyone. Everyone's loving him. Everyone loves a bit of Frank. And then, uh, everyone loves a bit of Paco. Paco. <laughs> We, but yeah, like that's. <laughs> but again, I love that scene. It just felt like again, like moments like that. It's just like nice and downtime, like in between yeah. all of that. Like he's awkward at times, and he settles in, and he's talking to anyone. Like, yeah. That's, like, again, it's it's not like he's instantly in there. He goes, "Hello, how are you doing? You're a police officer." Yeah, I probably meant me. I love that. Yeah, bit exactly. where he's like, like, can you not tell anyone that I'm a police officer? Let me just like feed that Do in it. there. Yeah. Because that's always I like oh, I I hate that whenever someone goes like this is Oscar he does this and then like you just get quizzed like briefly and then they leave you alone. Well, it's, it's like, like any any place when anyone says this is Robbie he does comedy. I can and imagine. And then they go tell us a joke then. No, it's not how it works. <laughs> <laughs> do I do you see a microphone? <laughs> it's like asking a footballer like finding out someone's a footballer and going do taps. And they ain't got a ball with them. I, 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 what, 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 do, what do you expect for you to do? Do, do 20 minutes. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> do, a whole, do a whole set right there and there. <laughs> <laughs> you have like a beer ball and you lose that as a microphone. Yeah, exactly. Well, well give me a hot minute. Finds the nearest stage. <laughs> <laughs> I need an announcer going, Ladies and gentlemen, Robbie Tweedale. Oh, God. Um, it was anything like that. <laughs> I think I'll be very good for myself. Um, what have I got there? You found it. Is it another? Oh um, yeah, no, no. <laughs> I, I, I misread it. I, I thought it said you five without looking. I'm like, fuck you fire without looking. I've got in quotes that scene. Mm. It's like, oh my god, that's so good. I love that I scene. About that. So much where he just goes, uh, sorry, Frank, I didn't know it was you. It's like you didn't know it was me. You fire without looking. You fire without a warning. You fire without a brain in your head. <laughs> love that. And it's the bit where he goes, hey, Frank, can we... He goes, oh, man, shit, we're going to fill out all this paper. He goes, yeah, so you should. So you yeah. should. And then he goes, oh, let us, let us have the collar. And he goes, I don't fucking believe this. Like, he outright yeah. says to him, he goes, what? 
what the why fuck? would i do that because <laughs> it's my thing it's my thing he goes yeah but you know oh we can't help us out and he's like oh. <laughs> he's like fucking fine but you can see where like the seeds are planted for him to be very on edge all the time oh yeah when he knows that the police officers don't like him he knows that a lot of them are corrupt and then they shoot at him without warning and he's yeah. thinking did love... they do that by accident <laughs> I, I love yeah where, like, he d- 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 and he just goes hey it's me it's me Serpico they're still moving in on him oh yeah he goes I'm a police officer it's Serpico and then he has to back up in the corner yeah showing his shield and the guy goes Jesus Christ Frank how was I meant to know it was you and he goes you stupid fuck yeah, it's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> he's shouting. Yeah, literally, like, going, like, it's me! Stop! Yeah. It's not even like it was crowded or anything. It was literally those four guys. Yeah, it's and just, like, was... a very, very open place. And he's the only one shouting as well. Yeah. It's... Like, again, like, I like to feel, like, <laughs> I don't, like, when that moment there, I'm, like, I mean, not in the extreme, not in as extreme of a moment. That's like, I saw the way, like, right. If anyone wants to see how, like, like the angriest I can get, look at that scene of that, yes. of Frank there. Example of when, uh, when I just remember when Reese just was shoddily putting away an eagle. <laughs> and I, and I looked at Frank and I looked at Pacino and now I'm like, that's, I feel like that. I did see my face. I feel like that was the exact same look that I gave. That is exactly that. Is, uh, speaking of someone who was there at the time, that's exactly how it went down. With it was just you going, "What the fuck are you doing?" <laughs> yeah, just, what, what, just like you stupid fuck, you like you stupid fuck. <laughs> so there you go. Like again, all sorts of relation there. Uh, shout sorts. out to Reese Bruce Love for no other reason except being just an exceptional bloke. <laughs> Love you, Reese. Uh, I miss you. I do. Miss you too, bro. Wow. Um, wow. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I got here in relation to that scene as well. I think I got such it's such a raw feeling film, but every moment is real and visceral. Yeah, like even like just it's just it is just such a real film here. I, I the scene the bath scene for some reason really hit close to close close to home for me. I don't know yes. why. It was well, when just, she says that she's getting married. When, when she goes, um, uh, you know the guy from Texas. He goes, yeah. He, she goes, I'll marry him in two months if you don't marry me mm. first or something like that. And she goes like. Well, why would you do that? She goes, I want to get married someday. And he goes, yeah, well, someday's a long way away. Yeah. You can tell Frank's like, like, at least in this film, he's like, uh, like, I just kind of don't really want to marry. I want to be on the job. Mm-hmm. Which, fun fact, isn't Frank Serpico at all because it, I'll delve a little bit more in trivia, but the, the, the two... His two girlfriends in this film, in real life, he married them both. Right. So, and I can't, but I kind of, like, in terms of a real life storytelling, you know, that would have been in there, but I like how it wasn't, because in the context of the narrative, I like how he isn't, like, he doesn't marry. Yeah, it'd be too, it'd be too much, I think. Yeah. Uh, To have two weddings and... Yeah. Whatever, yeah, and the quote here, and the end quote here, when he goes, um, "Am I invited to the wedding?" and then to which he goes, "I'll ask Roy," and I just went, <laughs> and I like, I love that scene. They're still in the bath. They're still just like that. It's not a big argument either. Of like, she's like, "I want to marry," and he goes, "No," yeah. and she's like, "Why?" and she's like, "Look, I can't like keep doing this," and he's like, "All right, then. Well, you don't have to then." 
Yeah, <laughs> like, it's like, not very melodramatic. That's I think that's I think that's what a lot of those downtime scenes kind of add to is the fact that this film is very real life. Yes, it's not like oh, there's so much corruption, we've got to stop it. No, it's all dark and everything's miserable. And, Even when life's a bit miserable, there's still those like little moments of laughing and joking with people that are close to you and stuff. And I think it that this film reflects that very well. Definitely. Definitely, and I got in there as well. That scene specifically, I love the use of close-ups. Yeah, which again, they don't—they use them every now and then, and whenever close-ups get used, it's always—it's it, meant for that. It's meant oh, for yeah. that scene, um, which I just love. That, like again, it's the wide shot of them in the bath. You see Alfie just walking about in the yeah, back, legend. Just loving shout, life. Shout out to Alfie. Just loving life, and then um, <laughs> we need—we we need to do like a. We should get like a shirt of John Cazale with Alfie, and that would be like your favorite shirt ever. Oh my god, it would be ex- it'd just be John Cazale riding a big Alfie. <laughs> oh my god, that's amazing. That should like be like. Be... Do you know what? That should be like the banner for in the intermission podcast. That should be our logo. Be it like that should be like the header on Twitter and YouTube and all. Just John Cazale riding Alfie. I'll look into. Oh doing my that. god, yes, I'm gonna. I'm I'm commissioning Julia to draw that. Even better, she can draw. That's excellent because I was gonna, I was gonna say I could Photoshop it. No, I'll get. She can draw it. Big she can do like a cartoon, cute little version of it. That'd be great. Oh, I would, we, I would love that. I would right, I'm commissioning it. I'm commissioning <laughs> it after we record this. <laughs> Which John Cazale? Are we doing Fredo, John Cazale? Godfather. Yeah, Part- Fredo. It's got to be Fredo. Isn't it? That's when I fell in love with him. Godfather Part Two, Fredo. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, uh, yeah, and I got here. Frank fashion is style goals. I love his. Oh yeah. I just love it. I love it so much. <laughs> uh, uh, I got forty three minutes in, and I love that the film is a character study on a good person as opposed to a villain and antihero, which is like because yeah. when you think of seventies, that's a lot of things in the seventies, isn't it? Or like even recently, like throughout, like people love character studies on like yeah. fucked up people. I'm a super joker. Thrill. Joker, and I'm a sucker yeah. for it because I there was a period of time where I loved American Psycho, like I was obsessed mm. with America. It's a great film, and we get all these films, but I like how we actually have a film that's a character piece on a guy who's a good dude. It's like, just like morally good. We and we don't get enough of that. I don't think there's not enough. No. There's not enough films where it's like this. This is a character study on someone who's a nice person. Yeah, and not even white meat. No. Top of the blow, top top of the morning to you guys. Love, I love life. He's nice, but he's not like annoying. Like he is yeah. just like a good guy with it. And I think like, and I love that how it's like. Again, I think it's refreshing as well. Yeah. In especially in a time in the seventies where the seventies really shined when it went really into cynical filmmaking, like cynical. Oh yeah. yeah, taxi driver. Yeah, and I mean, conversation falls into that kind of. Yeah, yeah, even conversation like leans into that. And I mean, the whole, yeah. the whole films that we've talked about have been about kind of messed up things. Yeah. Like even Willard in Apocalypse Now, he's not a bad bad person, but he's got his he's fucked up. He, he's fucked up, yeah. Whereas like Frank, he's not fucked up. He's just like he, he's just a nice bloke. He's in a fucked up place. Which yeah. I find really interesting. Yeah, it's more the it's more the 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 position he finds himself in than the character himself. Yeah, which like, is great, and you don't get that now. I mean, 
We could have had it with Man of Steel if he wasn't such a mopey prick. Yeah, exactly. But these things happen. <laughs> you know? Exactly. But um, yeah, you don't see it anymore. You see, oh, this dark and tormented and blah, blah, blah. Nightcrawler's a good one for that. Yeah, yeah, Nightcrawler's good. You know There's what? a good modern interpretation of something like that, yeah. You know what, honestly, if I keep hearing, you know how people warn about like how the Joker was like, oh, it's like Taxi Driver and all yeah. that stuff. You know, I wouldn't. I I would absolutely love if the Batman was kind of like, oh, it's like Serpico, but Batman, oh. like that type of tone to it, where like Batman's the only yes. good in a fuck in a fucked up Gotham. Again, I don't know what the Batman. It looks like it's gonna be long Halloween esque, which I'm still down for. But yeah, but you know, oh, I would, that'd be so great. But I would love like a bat, like how we get like like Joker, but a Batman film that's just like. Batman. Like, everyone's got something about him that's a bit fucked up. Even like Jim Gordon's got like yeah. some demons and stuff like that. Like, oh, oh that'll be neat. That'll be neat. God, that'll be good. Um, I got here, mate. The saxophone music is fucking rad. Oh yeah. And again, I love a saxophone. I, I really do. Go to our conversation podcast to when we gushed about saxophones. Yeah. <laughs> Just love stick, it. stick that on the logo. It's John Cazale playing Play the saxophone. saxophone. Right now, there you go. It, oh, it's going to be Perfect. In quotes, you can hear it better. Oh, yeah, I've already said. You can hear it better over here. Frank is smooth as fuck. Uh, the film's, pre- <laughs> the film's pre- premise is an honest cop trying to rid the force from dirty cops, but it shines as a character piece with the calmer moments with Frank outside of work, which is what I like, again, the film, I, I, I can't, I think we talked about in the conversation where it's like the pitch line for this film is an honest New York cop blows the whistle on a rampant corruption in the force, only to have his comrades turn against him. That's the pitch yeah. line. Yeah. But, yeah. but the film is about Frank. It's a story mm-hmm. about Frank Serpico, who is a police officer, but we don't only see him as a police officer. We see him like just living life, yeah. which is like what I love so much. Cause again, the film literally could have just, just purely been about Frank in the force. And the only times we see him in his apartment is just him like in his apartment, just like think about how can I do this? What can I do? How can I bust this corruption? But when he's at home, he's just, again, there's literally a scene of him in a bath with his first girlfriend and they have a very civil breakup and yeah. no, and not even about the police force. And it's not over-dramatised. No. It's not anything. It's just like a chat. Yeah, and see... He wants to get married. He goes, ah, I don't really want to. Yeah. Okay, this probably isn't for us then. Yeah, it's not even a breakup like, oh, you're too serious about the work. It's making me miserable. He goes, oh, well, yeah. we get that later on, which makes it even more like intense, I think, when we mm. get that scene later on. And like yeah. again, scenes like that, and of course the garden scene where he's just trying to pull again, like just yeah. in moments like it's brilliant. Like I love them. it's a great effect, by the way. Legend. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, uh, da, 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 da. Frank's a relaxed person who's passionate about his work. I just yeah, which I mm-hmm. like about that. Like that's just literally like he's intense, but he's not like mental. He's chilled, but he's like very like passionate about what he's doing yeah um kind of mental that the police's reputation hasn't really changed from then to now um it only and i got here it only takes a few bad apples and it really does i was gonna say this film is seems very timely at the minute 
Yes. And I love it's from another police officer's point of view. And I'm not saying, because it's very easy just to almost do a thing where it's like, especially now, it's very easy to do, fuck the police. And it's like, yeah. I mean, fuck bad people, really. Just that's yeah. really like what you, and I think this film shines with that message. It's not like the police are all bad people. There's Frank who's like, and it looks like Frank's the only good person, but there's that, that one moment where he's getting talked to, he goes, God, Frank, you're not the only honest cop. Yeah. Like, it's, and I do, Which is very hopeful. Exactly. I think. It's, a, it's a very hopeful outlook about the whole thing. Yeah, and the fact that this happened. This isn't just a film that Sidney Lumet just directed. This wasn't yeah. like a thing that Waldo Salt and Norman Wexler just wrote a script about. It happened which mm-hmm. I think is a story that kind of needs to, especially in nowadays, I honestly it think... It needs to be, yeah. Like, it needs to get looked... Like, people need to look back at what Frank Serpico... And the dude's still alive. Frank Serpico's still about. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's not a police officer. He retired in 72. But, you know, like he's not... Like, he's... You know, his story's still able to be heard, I think. Yeah, and, it, and it's still... I, I would say it still gives hope to to what the police have been known for at the minute and everything that's going on with that. Yes. You know, like it's, it's a very hopeful story to look at for one police officer going, nah, fuck that. Exactly. That's daft. What are we doing? Like, sort it, it out. like it takes, again, it, I got it. It only takes one bad apple to sour the bunch, but it could only, but it also takes one Frank Serpico to like, yeah, like, to get it good again. To get like to balance that out, which yeah. I like that like overall kind of message here. This is in relevance to the fact to the uh, scene where um, they're um, when he's at that breaking point when uh, yeah. uh, that you are about where the mayor's office didn't go through and he's arguing mm-hmm. with his friend and I got in quotes here where it's like um, uh, you don't trust me, Frank. I don't trust you. Go fuck yourself. Fuck you. And I just put like, mm. "Wow, what a scene!" And it's just like, like I remember thinking that, like, as like it's happening, I was like, "This yeah. is such a fucking good scene!" Like, this is like, like that's like, because throughout the whole film, it's like he's he's being calm, he's being trying to keep his cool with it, and like that's mm. just the moment where it's like, hey, "What more can fucking go wrong? What more can I do?" And it's and it's like he's not perfect because the guy's like trying to give, um, give solutions like oh, i know a guy who's good here and he goes oh another one another guy you yeah. know and he's like frank just literally listen to him he's giving you answers you're f-. and then the mom goes what don't you trust me he goes no i don't he goes it's ah, like, you, you, oh wait frank come on think things through and it's the the dialogue in that scene is it's very basic mm. it's very bare bones and very real of just like go fuck yourself fuck you yeah like it's 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 very basic, but it's it's real, and I think that adds to the impact of it and the, quite nicely. And the odd cut between them arguing to his girlfriend, to her getting co- more upset to, in the corner. Yeah, yeah, like that's a good edit because that's yeah. almost like putting you in the sense like that's how we're feeling right now watching mm-hmm. that scene. Because if it's literally just Frank and the guy arguing, we would naturally put ourselves in Frank's shoes. Almost, I yeah. think, because we've been following Frank. This is Frank. It's a Serpica. This is Frank's film. So we, I think, if it was just seeing those two arguing, we would. I think that effect wouldn't work as well because we would be thinking from Frank's perspective, whereas mm. 
the fact that we're cutting to an outside party watching this happen, we're seeing like, oh no, Frank's been a bit uh, unreasonable. Bit He's been a bit unreasonable with this. Yeah. Uh, which I just absolutely love that scene there. Um, I love how wide ranging the score is. I noted that yeah. down when he's meeting the police officers in the park. Oh, yeah. Which yeah, is yeah. also a brilliant scene because there's like, um, I think that score is kind of more like a. I thought, wow, yeah. I just realized we went from like this slow violin type of thing or like this Italian, like. I can't, I don't know the instruments. That was great. There's my impression for the week. There's your impression for the week. Uh, but you know, like that, like kind of Italian type of guitar stringed instrument thing, and then we go from a saxophone score to like almost this like synthy thing of like, which I like again. That's why I like this. Like again, I love like a nice consistent score by almost like a nice wide range in score because it's like yeah, it puts you in different moods of the film. Again, like how this film's trying to be very real and like lifelike. It's like, oh, there's different emotions throughout life. And so the music is giving you different emotions. Yeah. And again, I, and again, that seems brilliant where he walks up and he goes, right, Frank, what's happening with the buddy? Because I know he's just keeping it for himself. He's keeping it. And then yeah. they're like, oh, motherfucker. He goes, Frank, just take the cut. He goes, no. No, he goes, why start? Why should I start now? Yeah. It's like. And then they all like spread. They all like separate or something like that. I think like the last thing that like is said to Frank is like just stop fucking things up or something. Yeah, like it's that. like you're so fucking weird, Frank. Or something. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. And then he meets with that other uh, McCain, McLean, and then yeah. uh, and he goes, "I went to an outside party." He goes, "Why?" He goes, and there's that scene as well where they split off, and Frank's like, "Where am I supposed to go? Where am I meant to go?" He goes, "Everywhere, yeah. everywhere's gonna fucking hate me. Like, what am I meant to do?" <laughs> like, like what's my life right now and you can see him just slowly descending into like this absolute like I'm trying to do the good thing I'm trying to be good but everywhere is fucked up and that's I think that's the one scene that that character doesn't end his conversation with Frank with saying like God bless yeah or like God be with you or something like that because he, he says it at the end of every conversation that they have except that one yes yes where he just storms off yeah um Oh yeah, go ahead. This film makes me want to be more educated on lenses. Yeah. Again, from that scene when they're all crowd, like it's the close-up, but it's like a wide angle. I'm like, God, I can tell like there's multiple uses of lenses here and they're so mm. good. And I'm quite unfamiliar with lenses and I'm like looking at this film. And I'm like, God, I want to like look more into that. I want to know like what lenses are better for like telling different pieces of storytelling. Yeah, like I mean, it's... I did a full blog on <laughs> on lenses. I mean, yeah, you you were you were a cinematographer, so you know. Yeah. But yeah, like that's like one thing I gained from this was the use of lenses and the uh, mm-hmm. the mount. It's like really well done, I think. Yeah, um, it's great. I got here when uh, when Frank reaches his breaking point from throwing his prisoner around. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was such a natural feeling of evolution of his character. But, like, that scene, I love that scene so much because you know he should... The arrest, by the way, is so casual. He just walks up to the guy. He goes, yeah, I'm a cop. And he, like, tries to get his badge out of his apron. Yeah. He goes, yeah. He goes, you're under arrest. And he I goes, like the... Um... And he goes, like, oh, I thought you were a druggie. I thought you were a druggie. <laughs> and he goes, give me your keys. Get in the car. And then he just drives him. And he goes, here's my prisoner. Do that. I'm just going to look through his car. And he goes, where is he? Oh, he's upstairs. 
and he's just bullshitting with the other cops. Yeah, he's just chilling with the other guys. And he goes, empty your pockets. He goes, yeah, I don't do that. He goes, you fucking will. You're my prisoner. Yeah, empty your pockets. Hey, Frank, he's good people. And then he just fucking, fucking just like, and he goes like, fuck this guy. And then he just grabs him, throws him against, just rips his fucking. Yeah, when you see his bare ass at one point. Yeah. He, what does he shout the other guys? He goes like, like, stay out of this. Or so, like, yeah, at, yeah. That, at that point, he's like, just fuck everyone. None of yeah. your business. Like, this is not what policemen do. Go fuck yourself. And he like just rips it, the money out, just throws him into yeah. the cage, slams it. And then I love the bit with the chair. I'm yeah. pretty, I'm gonna say that that was improvised. It but he just picks up a chair, puts it back down again, and he's like, you know what? He goes back for it and just starts slamming it on the floor until it breaks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then everyone's kind of stood there like, fuck. Mm. <laughs> and then go, and then like someone comes in. He goes, I got his record. And he goes, he goes, huh? You know what? He's 15 years. Do you know what for? Killing a cop. He's a cop killer. Mm. <laughs> and he just like starts typing it up. Just like fucking just pissed off at everything at that point. I, it's such like a brilliant scene. Just yeah. like, I love that moment. Again, such raw. Like that's like 70s filmmaking to me. Just raw intensity. I mean, it's only like one shot. No, there's only like one cut in the whole thing. Yeah. It's which not... is when they cut to him throwing him in the cage. Yeah. Yeah. But the rest of it, like, his rant afterwards is all completely in one take. Oh, I'm yeah. I'm pretty sure. I think it cuts to... A closer up of him when he turns around and goes, "Stay out of this," and then like, yeah. But like, like it punches in it like the more like those moments. But again, that's again by that point, you've seen him try to keep things calm, and it goes, "Yeah, I believe he would absolutely lose his shit." Yeah, because yeah. you should. Yeah, he believe... has every right to because everyone's yeah. been a shit. Yeah, it's like he's my prisoner. Come on, he goes, "No, nah, I don't do that." He goes, "Yeah, you do. You're my prisoner." He goes, "No, nah, he's good yeah. people." He goes. Not my point, not the point at all. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, uh, more than any time in recent... Oh yeah, I got it. More than any time in recent years, we need stories like that of Frank Serpico to be heard slash seen. Uh, not to forget the bad in the world, but to make it known that there are people trying to make things right for no other reason than it's the right thing to do. Yeah. Like there's like I think there needs to be more of that, and again I love a good 100%. I love a good villain story I do for like a pure cinematic purpose, but I also think more things need to be done like this film in the sense of like let's look at someone who's doing something good not because it's like oh I'll I could advance in the world he's like nah just why shouldn't I do that. Yeah, and there's a specific point at the end which I'll get to in a bit that really like hits that bit home. Um, where am I at? Oh yeah, um, I'm uh, I'm glad Frank isn't portrayed as a saint. Yeah, like that's one thing I'm happy about because it's like um, it could have very well been like, oh, Frank's just the the salt of the earth. But again, he like those moments when he is like just freaking out at his mate, or when he's just arguing with his girlfriend. Mm. And she goes, like, and he goes, what the fuck's this? Why should, why meet you in a cafe? And she goes, because you won't shout here. And he goes, I can shout wherever I want to. Yeah. And he goes, that's an arsehole thing to do. Don't be a dickhead, Frank. Yeah, don't like, be a dick, mate. Because you know those people who just get in arguments in public places. Like, mate, why? Yeah. Like, you see it happen. It's like, just wait. I experienced it this weekend. <laughs> oh, really? You're not going to go into details. My friend got kicked out of a pub. It doesn't matter. 
<laughs> Continuing but, on. But you know what I mean? Like, like it's like yeah, so it's, it's like, just uncomfortable. Yeah. So he's not. It's it's that guy who's like next to him as well as like looking at him. Like, yeah. Like Jesus Christ. Like that would be me at that point. Just like. Oh yeah, you'd be like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. So it's like, like he, he's not perfect. Which he has I, his moments where he falters. Which I love so much because again, it's like I don't think I would have liked Frank that much if he was just I'm just a really nice guy. Yeah, he's three dimensional. He's yeah. not just I'm a great bloke and that's the character. He's not white bread. He's just not. Yeah, white. exactly. <laughs> he's not. Just, he's a, he's a bit of. A... He's a King's Mill fifty fifty. That's what I was thinking of. I couldn't think of them. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Um, I got and yeah, and the the scene of him at the end talked about there such a nice raw feeling of like that when he got shot in the face. Yeah, and then back in the hospital. Then when he's like, the guy come, the chief comes in, and he's like, "Oh, Frank, you're uh, gonna get the Medal of Honor, and here's your gold badge, here's your gold shield," and then mm. he goes like, um, "Um, what is this for? For being an honest cop or being stupid enough to get shot in the face?" Yeah, and I, I got, I got here. It had to take him getting shot in the face for management to give a shit. Like it's like, and it's, but that's true, isn't it? It's like he's been yeah, saying yeah. all this thing of like, just like, right, let's stop this before things get bad. He gets shot in the face, and people are like, oh, Frank gets a Medal of Honor, and he goes, he why though? Died. And he goes, why though? Why do mm. I get a Medal of Honor? What's the point? Why? Well, the, what's the point at this point? Yeah, I've done all this other stuff. Yeah, and now I get a Medal of Honor. I've went, getting shot in the face. I went to management two different times. Mm-hmm. I've done. I've been doing this little fucking case for you, and it took a bullet in my face because no one would help me out. Mm-hmm. Why? Why do I get? Why do I get big ups now? I love how much of a dick the commissioner is. By the uh, way. Oh yeah. He's yeah. such a piece of shit. Oh yeah. Oh, they played very deadpan. I really liked it. Yeah, really isn't. Yeah, my final point. Pacino is great. And- it, it's his best performance, I think. It just is. Yeah, I'd, I'd entirely agree with you there. Again, I love him as Michael Corleone. I love him in the first two Godfather films, but... <laughs> the first two. Well, you know, the third... What was what was part three? That wasn't Michael Corleone, was it? I love him in the Godfather films, all two of them. All two of them. Part one <laughs> and part two. You know. Excellent movies. Um... <laughs> oh, you know, the ones that exist. Anyway. Not the one that got nominated for 70 Academy Awards for some reason. Um, Stop. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But being a bit happier, yeah, I do honestly <laughs> think this is Pacino's best. And Easily, I'd we, say, yeah. we, di- we didn't talk much about it. Sidney Lumet directed the fuck out of this film. He really did. My final point of this is, we praise Pacino loads in this. I want to throw some appreciation for Sidney Lumet. Again, I'd say he directed my favourite film of all time. Uh, mm-hmm. being 12 Angry Men. Um, and he's a guy, he started off as a theatre director and then he, moved, yeah. then he moved into TV, I think, like doing some TV stuff and then did film. And it really shows, like, he has a grasp on storytelling through so much in all mediums. Yeah. Really. And th- I think this film shows, because I think, again, I'll be interested in looking up the book, if I'm being perfect, like the Serpco book, because... Mm-hmm. I think, but this film specifically, I think this film could read really well as a play. I think it could yeah. be told very well as a TV show, like episodically. And I think it could work well as a book as well, like just reading it. And it, like, it's a film, it, the way he makes it, 
it just truly is like a really nice wide range and adaptable story yeah and exactly yeah my last point my last point i fucking love serpico there's again there's not much to really truly deep dive analyze about it but i don't think that means anything less about it because as i was watching i was like it's just fucking great i can't say any more about it there's nothing really to be like oh there's this nice little hidden hidden mean it's just it's a fucking solid performance it's really Mm -hmm. well directed editing's incredible scores fantastic cinematography is brilliant it's just and I can't think, and there's nothing I can cut. Exactly. It's two. Yeah. It's two hours and ten minutes, and it goes. And I honestly thought it was one forty, like when I mm. when I remembered the film, like before I stuck it on, I thought, oh, it's like one hour forty, and I was like two hours ten. I don't remember it feeling that long. And I watched it two hours, two hours ten minutes later, still didn't feel like I was there for over two hours. No, because the pacing's that good. I think it's why you're so invested in. Pacino's performance as a whole that it just yeah. fucking works. It's again, I think it's you know what would be a like the conversation and this is a nice counterpiece almost. Like that would be a good like yeah. at the back almost. It would actually, yeah, as a as a as a two piece thing to watch together. There's no real I think those two work really nicely. There's no link to it. It just has that nice seventies character analysis feel to it. Yeah, of two very different people, but I, I would say that it would work well as something to watch back to back, and I think I I'm, I'm going to fully say it, I genuinely do think that Serpico is the best film that is the film that I've enjoyed the most of the ones that we've watched so far for the podcast. That's fair. It's I I still prefer the first Godfather, but I this is a solid number two to me. Yeah. In all honesty, and I love Apocalypse Now as well. Apocalypse Now is also very high. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? That's a solid three way tie. I can't pick a favorite out of those three, but yeah. God, it's such a good film. So, I mean, if you watched all this, it, we just spoiled the whole fucking thing for you. But Sorry. <laughs> you know, if you haven't seen it, it's your own fault, really. But go and watch it. Cause, again, if you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's great. Because everything we've just said doesn't do it anymore. Just, I don't think it does it as much justice as how good the actual film is overall. Yeah. Right then. I don't. There's nothing we can say except the film speaks for itself. If you want to know how good it is, Watch it. It's amazing. <laughs> Just we can't really say anything that'll help. Indeed. But it's so good. If you're a UK resident, it's on Now TV. Uh, but if you like doing the Blu-ray collections, I know Eureka has it on their Master of Cinema label, which I've got, and it's a really nice Blu-ray. It comes with a booklet essay about the film, which I need to read. Oh, so it's cute. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, anyway, let's move on to some trivia. Not masses amount trivia. Not masses amount of trivia. That's still fine. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. First bit of trivia, the film was shot in reverse order. Al Pacino began with long hair and a beard. Then for each scene, his hair and beard were trimmed bit by bit until he became clean cut. Genius. Which is just the smart way of filming a film like that. You do all those things in reverse. Do you know a film which takes a really difficult way of doing something like that? Batman 89, right? Okay. This is going to be a tangent, right? You know Joker in that movie, he's got his bleach white skin, but he puts, like, skin-coloured makeup over the top of it. Oh, don't they, And it's like... a cool little gag that he did. But they had, like, specific mixtures of paint so that he could, like, rub the... He could use a specific oil that would rub the, the, the skin bit off and reveal the white underneath but wouldn't take the white off his face or whatever. Just put a bit of white paint on a cloth. Yeah. And rub it on. Yeah. It's not... I don't... 
tangent. Sorry, yeah. but yeah, it annoys me. Yeah, that's a bit. It's, it's dumb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, after he decided to make the film, Al Pacino invited Frank Serpico to stay with him at a house that Pacino had rented in Montauk, New York. When Pacino mm. asked Serpico, why did you do it? Serpico replied, well, Al, I don't know. I guess I would have to say it would be because if I didn't, who would I be when I listened to a piece of music? <laughs> I don't understand the end bit there. What? <laughs> what? That kind of makes me love Frank Serpico a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I mean, it makes no sense. It started off making sense. It's like, who would I be when I listened to a piece of music? Because, wait, wait, what? Yeah, what? What do you mean when you're listening to music? <laughs> I don't get it. Um, <laughs> but I love that. So, hey, Frank, come stay with me. All right. <laughs> yeah, he just would. He's like, yeah, okay. Um, Al Pacino considers this movie to be one of his greatest achievements as an actor. Mate, I would say I'd, it is. I'd agree with him. I would say it is your greatest achievement. Yeah. As an actor, as a, purely as an actor. Um, the film ends with an epilogue that says Frank Serpico resigned from the police department on June 15th, 1972. He was awarded the Medal of Honor for conspicuous uh, bravery in action. Serpico is now living somewhere in Switzerland. Serpico discovered he didn't like Switzerland and returned to the US as of 2015. Uh, and as of 2015, he's living on a small farm in upstate New York. And working as a, and working as a guest lecturer at police ac- academies across the US. Wow! So he went to Switzerland. So he was like, "Ah, oh, I'm not really fond of this." So he just went back. Not for me. He just I thought you mentioned like he he went to Switzerland and thought, "Ah, oh, this isn't for me," and came back in 2015. No, I. It for- took him a while to decide. <laughs> I forgot. I forgot to um, incorporate the full stop there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's the kit. There, he's like, oh, I'm done now. Cheers. What a guy. Yeah. Uh, after spending a lot of time with Al Pacino as he prepared for the role, the real Frank Serpico wanted to remain on the set during filming. Producer Martin Bregman said he had to hurt Serpico's feelings and offered him to leave because he believed that his presence would prove a distraction. What? Yeah. What dick move? They're making a movie about the guy and he's like, can you just, can you just fuck off whilst we do this, please? <laughs> that's that's purely the role that a producer only has to do. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Sydney, that's dumb. Sydney Lumet is like, well, that's not, I'm, I'm not producing the film, you do it. I, I have to say, that's, yeah. one, <laughs> that's one thing I loved about being director and not producer about when we were doing uh, the film at uni. I was uh, Nothing really major happened, but like, I had to go like to Talia and be like, oh, could you do that, Talia? Yeah, yeah, can yeah. you can you do this? It's not my job. Thank, thank God that she's a, a, a good human being and just does anyway. Not like bullshit. thank God she's competent. Yeah, I just and I just find it really amusing that like I'm the oldest of the class and she's the youngest and like the oldest is like, oh, could you do that, please? Yeah, but yeah. That's totally... A th- I could imagine, like, Sidney Lumet just watching Martin Bregman go to Frank Serpico and be like, yeah, <laughs> could you leave? And, and Sidney <laughs> being like... Sidney being like, I just never have to do that in my life. Yeah. Why, would I, why would I have to go through that? Let me talk to Al. That's it. That's success, that is. Hey, Al, how you doing? I'm doing wonderful. This is much more happier than working on The Godfather, Sidney. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair, Al. That's Fucking fair. Brando. <laughs> Boy, I hope The Godfather 2 isn't a pain in my ass. 
That's the exact, oh, no. con- that's the exact conversation Al Pacino had with Sidney Lumet on this episode. Go. <laughs> oh, no. Hey, you know what? I don't like Brando. I hope De Niro's not a bad person. Right, action, Al. Go fuck yourself, cut. Yeah. <laughs> I hope the epilogue isn't unnecessarily complicated to film for no reason. He says, very specifically. I think Francis wants Coppola back. I think Francis, that, he's the same person. God's sake, Oscar, you're God an idiot. God damn it. I'm moving on, the joke's done. <laughs> um, according to Sidney Lumet, Al Pacino always needed to be in the character's state of mind in any given scene and could not shed that state off camera. So he behaved according at all times, either happy, joking and laughing for a lighthearted scene or angry and lashing out at everyone if the scene they were working on called for that behaviour. Okay. I mean, we got. You know how I feel about method acting. <laughs> Do you know what? I think the only. I think, like, the best example of method acting is uh, DDL, Daniel Day Lewis. Yeah. Because he doesn't be an absolute. He doesn't be a dick. Yeah. I mean. And Leo DiCaprio's pretty good for it, I guess. Yeah. That time when he, he was eating fish for a bit or whatever, like raw fish and that. <laughs> yeah, he was like living the lifestyle that he would have lived in the Revenant, which is fine. Yeah, fine. Just leave just the. Don't... You know what? Just leave the crew alone. Like, that's like just, the... just leave the rats and condoms out of it, is what I would say. That's a big thing as well. Like <laughs> that. Just leave the crew alone. That's like my big thought process. Like, just don't. Yeah. Fuck, just don't fuck. If you're an actor, this is just a PSA to any actors out there. Just don't fuck with the crew. It's a. Sh- they're stressed. They're really stressed. <laughs> yeah. Like, if you're going to go a method, do it to the other actors where it'll yes. incorporate their characters as well. Yes. Don't just li- literally, if you, like, oh, let me just tit around with the lighting guy. Never mess around with a lighting person. Never oh God, do it. No, never do that. They've got enough stress as it is, mate. Don't do <laughs> They've it. They've got enough stuff to deal with. Don't do that to them. Don't fuck with the sound person. Because believe it or not, they need to make sure that everything's not causing an interference. Yeah. <laughs> Just leave him alone. You know what? Fuck with the director if you want. But even then, don't do that. Just don't do that. <laughs> yeah, just don't do it. Don't do it. Just don't be a prick. Yeah. I think is the issue that was. Yeah. Um, the filming was scheduled to open. Uh, the film was scheduled to open by Christmas. That left four and a half months for shooting, editing, and mixing. <laughs> An insanely right. short time in Cine Lumet's estimation. Therefore, the editing had to take place during filming. Without the luxury of time, it was a necess- it was necessary to finish shooting a scene and rush it to the editor, Dee Allen, Dee Dee Allen, who had cut it, who had cut the footage within forty eight hours and have it ready for delivery to the sound department. Oh my god! It's mental how well edited the film is as well. Yeah, what a turnaround! That woman is. Mm. insane yes because she um with the bonnie and clyde thing that i was saying about earlier she edited bonnie and clyde and she kept her nude scene in right you know the what you know the big nude scene in that movie where everyone was like oh my god and they had to like re- redo the hair's code and oh, yeah. all that kind of thing um she kept that in but was told by the studio to not do it and then kept it a secret until the movie was coming out and just I kept it that. in anyway i love that legend <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's mental to me. I love how, like, yeah. I look like the quick filming of Serpico was a thing that Pacino had a raggy to 
Coppola about on Godfather Part 2 when he was like, Serpico only took this amount of time. Meanwhile, cut the Serpico where Sidney Lumet's like, God damn it, we, why have we got so little time? Why have we got yeah. so little time? So yeah, that's why it took so quick, Frank. Not be not, Frank Al. Not because Frank. Not because Sydney was like, "Oh, we could get this done really quickly." Because it's like, "No, nah, you got four and a half months for everything." Yeah. So, <laughs> no. That would that would terrify me. Yeah. Um, in the film, Serpico has two girlfriends, Leslie and Laurie. In real life, he married both women plus two more: Marianne and Marianne. Wow, so not gay. Definitely. <laughs> Majorly not gay. So the head teacher from Back to the Future was wrong is what we've, we can what we can say. I am, ma- I am majorly straight. <laughs> I want that to be a comeback of someone. You're gay. Someone turns around, I'm majorly straight. I am the straightest man you'll ever meet. <laughs> I'm so straight, my friends call me ruler. Oh, oh, gee, move on. <laughs> Next bit of trivia, please. Oh my god. The film you was... better cut that. <laughs> that was awful. Really, that's the thing. That's of all the things I've done, Robbie. That's the thing. That's the tip of no, no, the like, That was that was one of the worst jokes I've ever. <laughs> that probably broke me, and I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I should go to stand up and say shit jokes and people. <laughs> Maybe you should. People just start laughing at like how shit I am and I create a new form of comedy. That is exceptional stuff. Please do that. Do you remember my uh, stand up performance when we were when we had the theatre ourselves that one time? I'm not sure if yeah. you were there. Where I just walked on stage, just looked blankly in the distance, and then walked off. <laughs> <laughs> just... That's all Russell Brand used to do. He just put a paper bag over his head and just sit there. Then walk off after like 15 minutes. That's all he did. <laughs> I, I go to the Andy Kaufman School of Comedy is what I do. Um, <laughs> anyway. Um, the fil- Oh no, here's a casting thing. Um, mm-hmm. The film was planned as a star vehicle for Paul Newman and Robert Redford following their success in Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid. Redford mm-hmm. was to play Frank Serpico and Newman was to play his lawyer friend, David Dirk a character renamed Bob Blair in the final film, where he was played by Tony Roberts. Cool. That would have been Ro- interesting. Robert Redford would be an interesting choice, yeah. Rob- I can see that. Robert Redford could have done that, like, look, like that innocence, I think. Yeah, you know, I'd say so, yeah. And you know what? I, I'm i not a humongous fan of Butch Casting and Sundance Kid, but I like the chemistry a lot. I like Redford and Newman a lot. Yeah. In the film. I think this. Yeah, yeah. I think this year though they did the Sting, which won Best Picture, which I still need to see that film. But yeah, mm. but yeah, but that no, that I because a lot of these casting things we always look at and go, no, we're not wanted that. We're happy with this casting, but yeah. I would have been in. But I'm well happy in the fact that we got Pacino as. Frank yeah. Soap. Oh yeah. But I'm I, interested in the alternate timeline though, where Robert Redford got that. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, Prince principal photography began a year after Frank Serpico resigned from the New York City Police Department. Me- ah. Mental. That's ridiculous. Yes. Exactly. Uh, before shooting began, Sidney Lumet and the production company had to cast 107 speaking parts. They decided to use mostly unknown actors. Lumet said the best way to strengthen the sense of reality was not to use actors for whom audiences had a lot of previous associations. Even Al Pacino, despite the high exposure in The Godfather, was still relatively new. Yeah. Which he was. 
So. Good idea. And it does. Like the fact how we only know, oh, Al Pacino and everyone else is kind of not like, they're like, yeah, kind of like, oh, who's that? I don't know. Just someone. I know him as like different characters that they've been, but no, you don't know the actors. I know. No, I mean, not. F. Murray Abraham was an uncredited role in the film. Hmm. But yeah, that's the only like uh, when I look through the cast list in IMDb, that's the only other name that I recognise. But he wasn't yeah. like in the. I think he was like, I think he was the guy in the bed where uh, Frank um, had the mouse, and he goes, "What's with the mouse?" Uh, yeah, that's yeah. another brilliant scene where he goes, "Oh, this is my partner." Yeah, he sniffs out heroin, and the guy goes, "I think I've heard about that." And then Frank goes, yeah. and Frank goes, "Yeah, have you?" <laughs> Because, <laughs> you know, he's bullshitting. And the guy goes, he's oh, clearly yeah. talking shit. He goes, oh, yeah, I've heard of that. And he goes, oh, have you? <laughs> uh, oh, really? I love Frank so much. Like, Al Pacino as Frank Serpico, I would want as a mate in real life. Just Oh, to, yeah. Like, it would be a thing of, like, he would just talk shit. To, he would bullshit the someone. And they would be like, oh, yeah, I know about that. And they go, oh, do you? And I would just be in the corner just pissing. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Just like, I don't fucking believe this. <laughs> Fuck's sake, Paco. You're mental. Fucking um, Paco, you're a legend. Can I find a friend called Paco? <laughs> He's been an excellent wingman as well, I feel. You know what? He would. <laughs> yeah. Pretty there, great. There you go. I need a Paco in my life. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, yeah. Uh, the actors were allowed to do some improvisation in their scenes. Much of Al Pacino's explosive reaction in Serpico's last abortive meeting with his former captain was off the cuff. Mm-hmm. Which again feels like just very fucking less like hot, yeah. Like just like fucking just like really just like hot pan, hot off the pan type of like intensity. Which I think you know what I think that's like what like a lot of those that era of film was really well known for is like that raw, intense acting improvisation. Which yeah. I, I don't think we see the closest thing I think of within recent years is. Whenever DiCaprio is in a Tarantino film. Yeah. Like the thing in Django Unchained where he cuts his hand and he just goes with it. And then rubs it on the woman's face and it's all. Yeah. And then, like in the, your favorite film of all time, Robbie, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, where he, uh, <sighs> where he uh, trashes the trailer, which I love so much. I yeah. Scene, which is completely improvised. And it's like moments like that, like I love so much. I was taking It's a pretty back. good scene, I guess. <laughs> let's not talk about it no we're not but that's exactly like, like, there's <laughs> things like that I think like filmmakers that can get away with that are filmmakers that kind of like a, you know they have enough cuff to do that yeah Sidney uh, Lumet liked to do very simple things on the first day of shooting like basic entrances and exits to let the act to let actors and crew get used to each other and make them aware that things will move very quickly he will often shoot just a single take and move quickly to another setup. He said this process also helps to spot weak links in his team. The first day on this film, he worked at three different, fairly far-flung locations. Al Pacino was initially stunned, especially after coming off the methodically slow, deliberate process of The Godfather, but he had the rest of the cast soon learned that this fast pace and had the benefit of keeping the inattention of the narrative and they carried us alive. I dig that. Yeah, that's cool, Oz. That's him not being an arsehole as well to his crew. Yeah. Like, you hear about directors doing things, like, doing, like, specific scheduling to, like, 
oh, we want to get this feeling for the film. Like Kubrick's a big example. We did like nearly yeah. two hundred takes of this scene. But that, why though? But that but that drives people insane. Whereas like this is like right, we're doing this now. Go on this yeah. end of the town. Oh fuck, why? And then it's just like, like it's. And he has a chat with them beforehand, saying, "Look, this is gonna be a fast production." Yeah, exactly. You know, move swiftly. Which I love so much. Oh, God. Yeah, that's. You know what? Pretty great. I've only seen three, no four Lumet films. I needed to see more of his stuff. He's he, he went from the late fifties all the way to two thousand seven. Jesus. And from what I heard, what a guy. from what I heard, a lot of them weren't like he did some pretty solid ones in all those times. Yeah. He did a few misses. He did the whiz. Oh. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. Which I was like <laughs> oh. which I was like, wait, what? But he uh, he did the seventies murder on the Orient Express. Which I haven't seen. Which came out a year after this. Yeah. Right, okay. It's nice. It's not bad. It's not bad. But yeah, um, Here's a bit of a note here. Uh, mm-hmm. John G. Um, Alvidson, who we all may know for directing Rocky One, yeah, and Five, uh, was originally uh, was originally to direct Serpico, but was replaced just before filming due to differences with the producer. That would have been interesting. Interesting. If it had gone Rocky One style yeah. with it, I guess that could have worked because Rocky's. A character piece, technically. Yeah, Rocky, you know what? And also kind of a similar feeling film. Like, yeah, like, I'd say so, yeah. But uh, the next bit of trivia isn't written down from IMDb. This is from that, excuse me, New York Times video yeah. that I watched of Serpico, watching Serpico. <laughs> he commented on the scene when he got given the badge in the bed, in the hospital bed, oh, right. to which Frank Serpico said that that didn't happen. That's Hollywood stuff. And then um, the guy asked him, like, ah, oh, did you get it at the hospital? He goes, not in the bed. They handed me over at the counter. They, hand, they, get the, uh, hosp- they handed him the badge of honor and his golden shield over the counter like a pack of cigarettes, as, his, as he said. And he didn't have, oh my like, God. And he didn't have like a ceremony or anything about it. They just went, there you go. That's that. Which that's so stupid. Which again makes me so interested to watch to learn more about the actual real man of Frank Serpico. Yeah. Because oh yeah, me too. Such a fascinating story, and he seems like he had a fascinating life even after all of this. Oh yeah. Which yeah, yeah. He seems just like a fascinating bloke generally. Anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, like how like in the film, like Pacino's always wearing different clothes, like constantly. Yeah. Apparently, that's just Frank Serpico. Like he has like just a different outfit daily, just like I'd, like I'd love to see his wardrobe. Oh, same. I'd be like, what's your wardrobe like? You know, yeah. it, it looks like stuff that he's had since like the sixties. He goes, I'll just keep this. Yeah, because why not? Still fits me. Respect I, it. I look Respect fine. Respect the hustle. I look fine in it. Yeah, definitely. Right. Yeah. Negative letterbox reviews. Let's do it. Here we go. Half a star. Okay, there's not many half a star reviews. Okay. Okay, I don't know what to expect with this. Okay, first... I'm looking for a solid one. First one. Yeah, okay, right. What's the one we need to beat? Too much jungle. Too much jungle. But, in Apocalypse Now. There was, that Apocalypse Now one had some belts. There was that other one where it had half a star and the review was poop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good, right, okay. Mustaches aren't very good. That's another one to beat. Right, Owie, come on. There's plenty of mustache in this film. Come on. Come on. Let's do it. Right. Half a star. 
While I was completely invested in the story, there was something about it that didn't resonate with me as a film overall. Uh, I mean... That's not a half a star rating, though, is it? No, that's like, maybe like three. Yeah, if you're still invested in the story, then you're not... Shut up, Fucking idiot. That (laughs) that person clearly wanted to be on the intermission podcast. That's what that was. I know, they're clearly a fan. Thanks for listening, dude. The review was 27th of May 2020, so before we even conceptualised it, but you know. It's got to be... Uh, Half a star. Why so boring? (laughs) Uh, But it wasn't. It's not. I realise that's a lot of these negative reviews of films that we really like. It's like, it's boring. It's real boring. Yes, well, maybe well, you know. What's this guy's favourite films? Yeah, like, go on. I like to look that up. Uh, Transformers, Dark of the Moon. Uh, Loveless, which I don't know that one. Um, no. A Separation, which is an Iranian film from 2011, which is actually apparently really good. And from what I heard, quite a slow film. Um, <laughs> it's Spellbound. I think that's the Hitchcock one, yeah. So, good films. But, that's strange. But half a star for Serpico. Interesting. What should be some bet? <laughs> trying to annoy us. Um, half a star. Worst. <laughs> Just that's the review. Worst. Worst. I want to write the username of this bloke. Or woman. I don't know. Doesn't have a profile picture. Is Yucky. <laughs> I'm not going to say I'm not going to make it any more comment. But Yucky gave a half-star review on Serpico with the review being worst. That's all I'm worst. saying about that. That's all I'm saying. Um, That's all I'm saying. Half a star. I expected to like this, but it was a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a... I did expect that drastic turn of events. <laughs> That's like someone it's talking... Like someone- it's like someone reviewing an ex-girlfriend. I was, I was just about to say that. It's like someone <laughs> talking about an ex. I expected to like this, but it was a piece of shit. <laughs> That's, oh, I love that. That's the best review of this one so far. That's a good one. It's, a, a good one. it's such a... I was expect, I expected to like this, but I found it quite boring. Like, I expected to like this, but I didn't. But no, it's, I expected to like this, but it was a piece of shit. It's like, it was a piece of shit. like, Jesus, what a fucking naught to 100. That's a... Fun- All it would have taken with two more words than that. <laughs> if it was like, I expected to like this, but it was a cheating piece of shit. <laughs> That's literally... Then it's like, oh, I think you put your review in the wrong place. <laughs> That's like someone meant to send a message to their best mate and they accidentally like put a fucking review for Serpico. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. The, the next one is a one star review that's foreign, so I'm not gonna try it. Oh. One of these days I'm gonna make you. I was just it's like, you know what, one day I'll do one, but it's not <laughs> today. It's not today. When Duolingo has been going for that long. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, one star, truly some horrendous fits in here. I assume that... No. Uh, no, you know what? I assume that means the clothing fits. You're wrong, because it's beautifully baggy 60s outfits. Yeah, you dick. I thought they were talking about Godfather 3. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, one star, gave up halfway through. Well, then you can't comment on the film. Well, yeah, you? well, then don't comment, because you haven't watched it all. You idiot. Uh, <laughs> one a, a star and a half. 
Mm. Uh, so well intentioned, it's unsufferable. Thank God Chinatown came out a year later and showed us all what a hard dicked movie looks like. What the fuck? What? A hard dicked movie? What the, what the fuck's a hard dicked movie? A pain and gain. Apparently. That's a hard dicked movie. Right, Chinatown. I wouldn't say that's a hard dicked movie. <laughs> In Ch- Jack Nicholson plodding about trying to solve a mystery. I wouldn't say, fuck, yeah, that's my testosterone levels cranked up. Hell yeah, dude. Well, I'm like kind of uncomfortable that Roman Polanski is doing a story about a dad that's kind of wanted to get with his daughter, but not really as well. That's a bit uncomfortable. <sighs> he did write... I don't know about that one, Chief. Yeah. That's not what the film. Like a... That's not what the film's about. I want to iterate. That's not what it's yeah. about, but... Have you seen Chance? Yeah, it's like... Have you seen Chance? I haven't. No, okay, I haven't. well... I mean, it's like what Baby Driver's like for me now. That's all. It's still class, but it's a bit awkward. One of my favourite films is now a paedophile Colin and another paedophile baby. And I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> <laughs> You're like Eric Striffler watching Outbreak. Give me to the movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's what that me is. Me to the movie. <laughs> um, oh, God. Right, another foreign one. Again, not going through that. Not doing that. Um, next one. Start a half. Thought the second half was better, but really struggled and was quite bored during the first half. Also, didn't much like the forward time jumps after what seemed like every conversation. Took multiple attempts to watch the whole movie. Uh, you're a uh, book. I, no. I thought it like was fine. I didn't think it was like one of these ones where it jumped so much in time where I felt like we skipped overloads. No, I feel like you 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 spent your right amount of time in each in each period. Yeah, I reckon. And the way it like happened, you almost felt like I mean, we went. The film spans twelve years. Yeah, it goes from nineteen sixty to nineteen seventy two, and there's some moments where it's like it feels like the same day, but it wasn't. But that's not a bad thing. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, it could, I could, I, yeah, I can agree with this one. Like, I can see why someone yeah. would think that. Yeah, that they're a bit like, wait, can we, like, settle with the scene for a sec? Like, I can, yeah. yeah, I can get that. Yeah, I can get it. Um, again, I don't necessarily think that's a star and a half. Yeah, exactly. I think that's a bit dramatic. Maybe two and a half if you really didn't like it, but. Yeah. Anyway, star and a half. Not a bad film. It is just so dated and the pacing is excruciating. I think the exact opposite. Yeah. I think it's aged massively well and it's not and the pacing's brilliant. I think like it's yeah. just like again, yeah. And the final review, negative one, half star and a half. The most interesting thing in the movie was watching Alfie grow. PS, which <laughs> it wasn't real. Was this my review? God, I love Alfie so much. Alfie's brilliant. But yeah. What a good dog. The best what a good boy. The best review of the day has to go. I expected to like this, but it was a piece of shit. Yeah. Excellent stuff. I'm not well sure. Well done to you. Is does I'm not sure. I mean that has to be the caliber of too much jungle and pathetic mustaches. Yeah. I don't you, you win the intermission podcast award of the week. Oh, do you know what we need to do? Which is nothing. We need to do like a hall of fame of all these fucking reviews. Yes. Of like the best ones. I need I'll do that. Oh. Stick them on a t shirt. Yeah. <laughs> right. Merchandise. Right, I'll read it. I'll give you credit. Thank you, Blue God, for uh, giving us that beautiful Cheers, review. mate. Uh 
don't have any of their favourite films, so I can't credit there. But Blue God on Letterboxd, thank you for giving the half a star review of Serpico, saying I expected to like this, but it was a piece of shit. Beautiful. Um, Top banana man. No facial hair comments. Yeah, weird one, that. Mm. I was expecting something about a handlebar somewhere. I like how in all of the fucking films that comment about moustaches, it was the Godfather where only two dudes had a moustache. <laughs> and they were pathetic, let me tell you. Apparently so. Right. <laughs> On that note, let's get to the wrap-up of this. This could be our shortest episode, you know? You know what? Not the we're, end of the world. We're currently at two hours seven. Holy shit. Um... <laughs> <laughs> but I want to say this as well. Next week, next week's episode, we're sticking with Sidney Lumet. We're sticking with yes. 1970s. We're sticking with Al Pacino, and most yes. and most importantly, we're revisiting John Cazale with. Let's keep this hype going. Yes, with the 1975 film Dog Day Afternoon, <laughs> which is which I only seen once. I remember fucking loving it. I remember really liking it. But yeah, Robbie, while yeah. saying to you, don't look anything up about this. Okay. Nothing. I'm not going to tell you any more about it. Just okay. Dog Day Afternoon. There you go. It's the same. I lost my energy there from getting scared. <laughs> no, no. More so, not because anything uh, sketchy is going to happen. Just because. Uh, oh, right, okay. Just because it's it, it's one of these ones where it's best doing fucking nothing. So okay. I'm going to say. I'll that. Let, First thing my mind went to was a From Dust Till Dawn situation where, like, 20 minutes in, it will be revealed that loads of people are vampires. Uh, not necessarily, not really, no. Oh, right, okay, well, okay. What do we think? Oh, you thought, what was it, like, Apocalypse Now was good, it was going to happen with that or some shit? I can't remember. We, I'm sure we said something about From Dust Till Dawn. Um, was, yeah, probably in one of them. I can't remember what it was now. Was it Conversation? It was Conversation. You th- we thought, was it? Yeah, I, you said something. You thought it was going to go one majorly drastic direction. Oh yeah. yeah, I can't remember what I said. But, Neither yeah. can I, but I remember that being said. But yeah, anyway, let um. Oh my god, what my brain just fell out there. It's okay. Yeah, man. dog day afternoon. Uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter to see because uh, I post updates there on where you can watch these films if you're a UK resident. If you want to watch them with us. Um, links as well to my letterboxed and you know what Robbie I'm gonna take away your personal Instagram oh my god and put in your new Instagram oh my god I've got a new Instagram woo do you wanna uh, do you wanna say what that is I'll plug it um yeah basically I've got my private account um which will be for putting up pictures of my mates and my girlfriend and other things that are happening in my life. I don't think I've ever seen a picture of you and your girlfriend on Insta- on your Instagram. Don't call me out on that, because then <laughs> she will. Just, anyway. It's just the way you want to <laughs> pictures will be made, so my girlfriend's like, I don't think I've ever seen her there. <laughs> I'm sure she's in one of them. Let's not talk about it. Anyway. Uh, right, um, I lo- I, before you say this right, I love how we've kind of made... Um, what I saying? I'm all right saying it, aren't I? Oh, you've said it before, haven't you? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, go for I, I love how we've kind of made Julia a side character in the intermission. <laughs> it somehow happened. Yeah. <laughs> we've made Julia and Gary two side characters in this intermission universe. These presences that you you might meet one day, we don't know. I mean, but... if you want to know more about Gary, go to the episode one of Amber Roland and... 
just, you know, maybe if there's a picture of John Gazelle riding Alfie playing a saxophone, that's all Julia. So there you yeah, go. Yeah, that, that was all Julia. But yeah, um, but yeah go. No, I, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, yeah. So that's what I got on my private stuff. Pictures of my friends and my girlfriend. <laughs> and, um, and I thought, I started putting things up because I've been doing some things whilst I've been at home in lockdown. Film-related things. Making music video for Pride for my sister. Uh, doing loads of CG stuff in Blender and all that kind of thing. Some visual effects art and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I started putting on my regular Instagram and I thought, why is it on here? Because that's all I'm posting now. I need to post more photos of, you know, real real things that are tangible and matter. Not a, so, not a CGI Spider-Man. <laughs> not a CGI Spider-Man sat on a bench. Anyway, so I've made a new account. It's public. Uh, I very appreciate, uh, very much appreciate anyone who would go to follow it. I'm just putting all my CG and film stuff and everything on there. We regularly, uh, regularly updated, probably weekly. I'd have said because you know I've got other things that I do, and I'm trying to trying to do stuff in between. But it sometimes it proves difficult. I'm learning Blender, so if you wanna watch me learn and get better at it, uh, drop us a follow. It's Tweedale underscore film. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, if you, if you'd like to follow it. I'd greatly appreciate it. Again, I'll switch out that Robbie underscore Tweed with Tweedale underscore film on Instagram. Cheers, dude. And I'm more likely to answer DMs in there as well. That, so That's what I was just going to say, because Robbie is a beaut at not being instant with messaging. I am notorious for being the worst <laughs> for, for answering messages. He's all, he's all right to organise something, unless if you for, if you got a few days before a thing... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I me- I get a message per two days, in response. Yeah, in, in response to what I say, it'll say, "Do you want to record at half one three days before we record?" And then <laughs> on the day at about twenty past one, I go, "Yeah, that's fine." <laughs> and I go like, "Okay, Robbie, sound okay, cool, <laughs> brilliant." Or I just won't message until I just put I'm online. Yeah, I'm on Skype now. <laughs> that's a, that's another reason why I can't wait till we can see each other, peep in person because i miss the days where i message you i don't get a response so then i have to go right i have to go to titan now and then i and just show up at my door it's like robbie i need you okay what the fuck are you doing <laughs> yeah. and i'm usually doing nothing or like i ask about i go like where's robbie oh he's like he's like in the edit suite and i go in the edit suite he's not there and i go <laughs> and then i see like Leonard, I go. Have you seen Robbie? And he goes. He's in the. He's in the other suite next door. So then I have to go next door in that tiny ass cupboard, and you're <laughs> and you're like you're playing guitar because you were doing some sound stuff. And then for I, some reason I went. Robbie, here's your backpack. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like a fucking no. Like a fucking parent, Robbie. You left your backpack in the studio. Here it is. I'm going for lunch. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm pretty fucking useless. But I'd be more. I'd be less useless. On an account where no one messages me. <laughs> exactly. So, so there you so go. So if you're gonna message me, do it on that one. Also, throw a little bit of a shout out. Last week, I gave some. Pre- I gave some. I oh know that's completely irrelevant. Never mind. I'll say it now anyway. Do it. Uh, go for it. Last week, I threw some um, love and attention over to my auntie's um, crafts business, crystal chips and paper. Just remind people go and check that out again. Give it a go. Uh, give a look at it. if you if you want some uh, nice bracelets, nice necklaces. If you want to learn more about crystal therapy and the meaning of all that stuff, go look at her Etsy page and her Instagram because she posts some and her Facebook because she posts some stuff on there of uh, what each crystals mean and stuff. So 
Cute. It's interesting stuff at you into that. Right, Robbie's got to do something. I don't know, but you're doing something. Have I? I know. I don't know. You got work on you later today. Yeah, I've got work. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, at, I'm at work at quarter past five. If you want to come see me, here's the address. Don't do that. <laughs> please, please don't come to my do, work. Do you know what? That would be like the worst thing. Like it, that, that would be such a funny fucking thing if we get any form of big enough attention in anything to when it comes to you working and someone goes, Robbie from the intermission. <laughs> oh my God, can you imagine? I'm just there like collecting glasses and someone comes oh no I've given away that it's a pub <laughs> oh no there you go someone just, someone just comes in and they're like hey I followed you here from the podcast <laughs> don't do that please don't please don't follow me to work <laughs> we look we'll see you next week for Dog Day Afternoon where we revisit uh, Robbie's love for uh, John Cazale oh I love him so much um, have a good week you guys Robbie, Robbie, I'll let you close it out. Go on, say something. Okay. Um, this has been me, me, Robbie, and uh, him, Oscar. Thanks for listening. <laughs> um, have a great week, and uh, we'll see you. You will see you on some afternoon, specifically a dog day one. Do you get it? Because we're doing dog day afternoon next week. <laughs> Bye.